CCBC continuing. And now, introducing the man who, ugh, last night sucked so bad I don't even have it in me to poke fictional fun at Glenn. He's certainly more competent than the Ravens were in Miami. He is Glenn Clark. Not good, Glenn. Just not good. Dynamite observation, Jordan. Really appreciate that. I swear, that's what I walked into today. Walked in, sat down, little Jordan's like... It wasn't good, Glenn. It wasn't my hey. You're right. You're right. A hundred percent accurate. Hi. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. First of all, thank you to those of you who stayed up with us last night for Project Game Day. Um, I wouldn't say we had a good time, but we sure had a time. Um, I, 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 yeah, yeah, the words are not coming to me. We do Project Game Day every game day all season long. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, as well as Underdog Fantasy Football. And if you missed last night's show, it's available in the uh, archives and uh, other places. You can find it uh, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or PressBoxOnline.com slash Video. You can find it any of those spots. I would encourage you, after this show concludes, maybe go back and uh, give that a listen, give it a view. It was a late-night show. I, uh, I pulled out the bourbon last night because the night was going a certain way, and... Uh, apparently I lost my mind at one point. I lost my mind. I don't even remember what it was in response to, but I lost my mind at one point. So it was a fun night. A super fun night. I enjoyed doing Project Game Day, despite the circumstances. We're going to talk about it all throughout the course of the morning, of course. Uh, coming up in uh, just a few minutes, Keith Mills from WBAL will check in with us. Of course, the legend himself will get his thoughts, try to get some perspective from him. Later on in the show, our buddy uh, Banks from Barstool Sports will join us. We'll get his thoughts on what occurred. Um, we will uh, dip out, do a Friday uh, regular, and uh, the Senator Justin Reedy will join us later on for Senator's suggestions. We'll preview college football for the weekend, but obviously it's going to be overwhelmingly Ravens this morning. Um, it is what it is. I mean, that's, that's the reality of the circumstances. It is what it is. And I'm willing to have just about any adult conversation about what happened last night that you want to have. The only things I'm not going to engage in, and you found this out if you joined us for Project Game Day last night, is the 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 lazy stuff that we do because this is just the way that we are as as fans. And I've said this before. I don't I don't know if it's like this in every market. I've worked in some other markets and I know that it sometimes is. But the thing that we do whenever the football team loses a game and you just want to fire somebody like, my God, man. Like my God. I hope that after sleeping on it, I hope you wake up and you got something else to say. That's all I I, I just hope you have something else to say other than your constant desire to fire someone. I've said it a billion times before. I get it. We are obsessed with offensive coordinators in this town. It's the way that it goes. We don't own their jerseys. So when we don't like something, it's easier for us to be mad at them than it is to be mad at the players. And for the record, I I think Greg Roman stunk last night, period. I think he was terrible. But this thing where you want to fire Greg Roman and pretend like he's not part of the reason why the Ravens, a significant part of the reason why the Ravens have been so successful for the last three years, it just makes you look like an idiot. And that's the part that you have to understand. It's not just that you're wrong. It's that you're showing your ass. Period. You're showing your ass. I get it. We're all pissed off. 
We were all up late last night. A lot of us thought it was such a sure thing that we probably bet on it. A bunch of people went down to Miami, spent up God knows how much money making a trip down to Miami. Now they get to be in Miami for the weekend, so they got it better than we do. But there are a lot of things, and I get it. You're pissed off. I understand that. But we're going to have a reasonable conversation because that's what we do. That's, I mean, there are places where if you want to go do what you want to do, you can do that. But I have reasonable conversation, and that's not changing just because the Ravens lost a game inexplicably to the Miami Dolphins. I'm not going to suddenly change and say, yep, fire Greg Roman. No. No. But it doesn't mean that Greg Roman didn't stink last night. Both things can be true. We are capable. We have the mental capacity to have these conversations. And we get emotional, and we get in our feelings, and we get, I I understand all of those things. But today, we're going to have an adult conversation about it. And we're going to acknowledge that we don't know a lot more than we do know. And that, to me, is the biggest takeaway from all of this. What we don't know is how much of this, much like other nights where things like this or days where things like this have occurred, is really transcendent and is a factor for the rest of the season versus how much of it was one night in which everything just went wrong. Once upon a time, the Ravens went and played a game in London and everything went wrong. Once upon a time, as was pointed out by many last night, the Ravens played a Monday night game in Jacksonville and everything went wrong. Odd that two of them. They've all happened against Florida teams. Very odd. Um... Like These things occur sometimes. There are just days where everything goes wrong, where you weren't prepared correctly, where guys made mistakes, where everything just snowballs. And you look like the most incompetent team in all of football. But in the same way that I didn't think the the Buffalo Bills are buried because they lost 9-6 to the Jaguars last week. I don't think that's the story of the Buffalo Bills. If you're trying to make what happened last night the story of the Baltimore Ravens, you're showing your ass. Period. You're not smarter than someone else. Are they a deeply flawed football team due to injury? Yes. Did that likely catch up to them a bit last night? Yes. Has it been something that could have caught up to them in other games? Yes. Are they a team that has been able to get away with a lot of things because they have an MVP caliber quarterback? Yeah. Did the MVP caliber quarterback have a bad night last night? Yes. He had a bad night last night. Is it all on him? No. But did he have a good night? No. Is he likely going to win some games all on his own moving forward the way that he's done in the past this season? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's likely to do that because he's that good. And as much as we've tried to spread the credit around, every time we've talked about how the Ravens have overcome their myriad injuries this season, We've said, well, this is a testament to John Harbaugh, or this is a testament to uh, Eric DaCosta, or this is a t-. and every time we've done that, I've had to come back to one thing. Yeah, kind of, but you know what it's really a testament to? The guy under center. The story about the Ravens have won six games this season is overwhelmingly, it's like 80% Lamar Jackson and 20% all of these other things. 
And I think what we really learned, if you want something defining, what we really learned is that this team is too thin to be able to win any football game if Lamar Jackson doesn't play at least reasonably well. And that might be the case in a lot of places. That might be the story for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. That might be the story for, you know, uh, the, the, the Rams couldn't uh, win a game when Matt Stafford didn't play well last week. And they're, they're definitely, they have more high-end talent on their roster than the Ravens do. The Packers couldn't win a game without Aaron Rodgers. When you've got this type of quarterback, it might be that for most teams, you can't win a game if that guy doesn't play at least particularly well. Somebody would point out he wasn't great necessarily against the Chargers, but you know he definitely was better than he was last night. And again, he was let down by other things last night. He was let down by an offensive line that's let him down all season, but particularly last night. He was let down by play calling. He was let down by Sammy Watkins not trying to take, make a play on a ball in the end zone. He was let down by Sammy Watkins fumbling the ball. He was let down by Marquise Brown not grabbing a ball along the sidelines on the chance to come back. Like He was let down by a bunch of things. But he also didn't play particularly well last night. The run game thing, that's not new. This is what happens when you don't have running backs. We, we can't be stunned by that. But the story where we want to make what happened last night the defining story of the Baltimore Ravens, you're not getting that either. Because it's ignoring that this is a Thursday night game played on the road in all of the circumstances that we talked about we thought were dismissive because we just thought the Dolphins were that bad. That they didn't get to practice all week. That they played the most snaps they had ever played offensively four days ago. None of it is an excuse. It's not okay what happened last night. But we're smart enough to be able to take all of these things in, understand it, comprehend it, and know that it doesn't mean anything going to Chicago next week. And it mostly doesn't mean anything because they haven't played a division game, other than the one to the Bengals. They saw five division games ahead of them that will define their season, unquestionably. And if you're doing the panic thing, well, hey, they're not going to be able to win any of them. They, they can't be in any – you're just doing that. We don't have that evidence. You're just saying things to say them. Can I guarantee they will? Of course not. Believe it or not, if I could see the future, I wouldn't have bet on the Baltimore Ravens last night. Or in Arizona State basketball, for what it's worth. That was a big problem. I don't know if you all saw how that game ended. I did one of those things that sometimes I like to do just to feel feelings where I put an unreasonable amount of money on a team that should win outright just to win outright. Like, that's all I did. I wasn't going to make all that much money, but I just wanted to do it because I wanted to feel something. I wanted to feel alive. I might have a problem. I might. I don't know. I might need to call somebody. We'll see. It's not a problem yet. But I lost a good amount of money on a three-quarter court shot at the buzzer. UC Riverside. If I could tell the future. If I knew what the Ravens were going to do in future games, I would not have bet on Arizona State last night. Straight shoot. Not, I'm not em embellishing anything. That's a thing that occurred in my life. It's a mistake that I made. And it's a terrible way to bet, but I do it sometimes just because I want to feel the feeling. I want to feel alive. And I'm at the point of college basketball season where I don't know enough about the teams in order to bet the numbers just yet. So I just try to make some nice, safe bets.
I'm having a good day. I'm having a good day. You all right over there? I'm having a good day. That's uh, at one point. I, this is this is what I sounded like on Project Game Day last night, because I I just it's it's the thing that we do. It's the thing we do where we just ah it, this is this is always what happens with John Harbaugh. What are you talking about? This is always what happens with John Harbaugh. Oh, this is this is why you'll never win with Greg Roman. What are you? That's that stuff seeps into my craw, and I get it. We all want to overreact because we all acknowledge this was as piss poor a performance as we've ever seen in the Lamar Jackson era. I mean, considering the opponent, right? Obviously, what happened in the playoffs against the Chargers was pretty piss poor. But like, one, we didn't know how good those Ravens were yet, and you know the Chargers were good. We thought these Ravens were arguably the best team in the AFC. And we thought the Dolphins were one of the worst teams in the AFC. So because of that, we feel as though this should be, uh, you know, th- this should be a moment that, uh, found that shakes us to our core, that shakes us to our foundation, forgetting that it's the NFL, forgetting that these things happen, that all the things that we spent the last four days talking about, when we kept referencing what happened between Buffalo and Jacksonville, it happens. That's the nature of the NFL. This occurs. And a Thursday night road game after an overtime game at home is the perfect time for something like this. It's a perfect storm to get something like this. So what's the reality? We know the reality. We know the problems facing this team. We also know that when they line up and play the Bears, they're going to have Lamar Jackson. And because of that, they're going to have a chance. And when they line up and play the Steelers, when they line up and play the Browns, they're going to have Lamar Jackson, so they're going to have a chance. And it's frustrating, and it's infuriating, and you got to marinate on it for another couple of days, and you got to hear it from friends that are fans of other teams. Your Steelers friend, uh, fan friends are checking in like, oh, hey, hey, how you guys? Oh, the Dolphins. I get it. It's, it. It pisses us off. I understand. I fully understand it. But we can't warp reality. We can't make it something that it isn't. It's the NFL. They have a problem on their offensive line. And it's too late to solve it personnel-wise. This is what we talked about with the trade deadline. They got what they got. I'm I'm still surprised. As I said then, I you know, I don't know. It might very well have been that they could not have traded for, say, a Marlon Mack. But boy, we we wanted to allow ourselves to believe that maybe something was happening with Devontae Freeman, and it wasn't. And maybe the argument that was made a week ago. Look, last night, I thought it was a good idea to try to establish the run early on. But the argument that was made by some last week that was dismissed by a few people that we talked to, like I, we brought this up with Mike Nolan, and he was like, I wouldn't be doing it. The argument of this team using the pass to set up the run, that might be what they have to do. They might have no choice because teams have so little respect for them running the football that they have to use the pass to set up the run. That it's just not going to be there. I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I just don't know. Obviously, the, the, the zero stuff, I mean, I... The third down calls to me were as bad as you thought they were, but it's so much beyond that. It's so much beyond that. It's beyond just, it's the incongruity of calling an underneath pass on third and eight when you're in Miami territory just to kick a field goal on fourth and three. I'll never in my life understand that thought process. And, of course, we all thought Justin Tucker was making that kick. Of course we did. But it makes no bloody sense. Did you really believe that the most likely scenario for calling that play was that you were going to pick up eight yards? That's a play call that makes sense if you've decided you're going forward and fourth down. It makes no sense. 
Now, the problem being they kept running it after that. So clearly it was just what they thought they were supposed to do, which is insane. This makes no sense. All of the things that you're not supposed to do where you play down to your opponent, it seems like you were making a decision based on who your opponent was. And that's like coaching 101 tells you not to do that. If you would go for it in that situation against a good team, against the Chiefs, then go for it against the Dolphins. Be you. Worry about you, what you do, who you are, your identity. They invited the Dolphins to be in that football game. And then when they were, they were shell-shocked. They invited them to. I mean, that's what Lamar said in his press conference after the game. He said, we can't change. We have to be us. And they certainly weren't. No, not at all. You need to bring your uh, level up a little bit. Um, uh, not at all. They were, they were playing a game to play against the Dolphins. I, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. I get it. But it's why I'm not doing the thing where all of a sudden they're going to be in, they'll be lucky to win nine games. You're not, I'm not doing that with you. I have no idea. It was a bad night. Bad nights happen. We didn't expect it. I get it. It's shocking. It shocks us to our core. But it was a bad night. And that's what it was. It was a really bad night. And it was still a bad night in which I don't know what happens if, Sammy Watkins catches that ball in the end zone and doesn't fumble the ball. Everything else. I mean, we, we try to ignore the butterfly effect, effect for a second. Oh, hello. It's a nice phone call. I should have, it's, my, it's a professional. I'm a professional. I turned my phone off. Jesus. I don't know what happens in those circumstances. But everything else that went wrong, I also know that those two plays changed the game. Two. Two. That's a swing of 13 points. They lost by 12. And I can't tell you, again, because the butterfly, I can't tell you that if those two plays go the right way, everything else stays the same. But I do know that as bad as we think it was last night, two plays are game changers. Two. I'm pissed. I'm I'm with you. I'm pissed. I'm frustrated. I'm infuriated. I'm all of it. But I, I can't do the sky is falling bit. I'll have to allow you to do that on your own. I'll get to your responses this morning at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I promise we will um, dive into uh, we will dive into um, Pat, uh, sorry, slaps the helmet a little bit later on. Thank you, Proctor. Appreciate you rubbing in UC Riverside to me. Thank you. That means that means a great deal. I needed to hear more about UC Riverside this morning. It makes me feel better after after we the night that we had. That's what I need in my life is more UC Riverside commentary. God! Three-quarter court! Dude just throws the ball in the air. Goes in the basket. How does that happen? Why was it so close? And why was it the only uh, 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 outright winner that I was allowed to bet on when I visited over to my, uh, my website yesterday? Because I would have bet. Oh, I, I bet on Evansville, too. I bet on them. What you know about Evansville, little Jordan? Just betting on Evansville. I might have a problem. Might need to seek help. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s. 
from your local Toyota dealer today. It is a Friday edition of GCR, day after a miserable, miserable Baltimore Ravens defeat at the hands of the Miami Dolphins. They fall to 6-3 and three on the season, and now they, uh, they, they have a weekend to try to regroup, get their life together, and then they will uh, go take on the Chicago Bears next Sunday in Chicago. Uh, you know, if there's good news, there didn't appear to be any more significant injuries last night. So they got that going for them, which is nice because they can't afford there to be even one more because it's an unmitigated disaster in that department. Uh, Chris, yes, I too do not understand why Sammy Watkins was getting more opportunities than Rashad Bateman last night. It makes no sense. I am with you on that. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it at all. All right, uh, it's been too long. So we were doing a Project Game Day last night, and my friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, is like, you know who I bumped into recently? I bumped into Keith Mills. And we were talking. I'm like, oh, man, it's been way too long since we've had Keith Mills on this show. So let's change that right now. He is, of course, uh, godfather of Baltimore sports from WBAL. He's our buddy Keith Mills, and he joins us now here on GCR. What's going on, Millsy? How are you, my friend? I'm great, guys. How you doing, man? Godfather, that's interesting. I um, uh, they call it a lot of things. Godfather's not one of them. I'm go- I'm rolling <laughs> with that, man. That's that's what I'm going the, the the Don, yeah, Don Don Mills. That's what we're yeah, gonna right, go with right, moving right. forward. Um, we're not great, obviously, Keith. Like we got to be yeah, realistic about last it. Night, huh? We're Ooh. not great. Wait, let's talk about it in context. Where are you with? Um, this is a flawed football team that is running in, due to injury, right? Due to injury, a flawed football team. That's that's issues are kind of coming to roost at the moment versus. It was one really bad night in Miami in a week where they weren't really able to practice and had played a thousand snaps the the Sunday before, and these things happen in the NFL sometimes. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, uh, you know, you bring up a great point. Injuries, you know, this whole next man up uh, uh, mantra sounds great on paper, and it's it's kind of you know kind of hip to say, oh yeah, next man up, man, whoever comes in. Well, the next man up is usually not as good as the first man up. In most cases, he's never as good as the first man up. So you can band-aid it for a while, and you can put guys in and move them around. Offensive line's a great example. Secondary now is even more of an example. Yet over the long haul, that catches up with you um, in terms of other teams scouting you and and just getting, uh, you know, one-on-one matchups. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit right now, particularly defensively. You know, you're down to your – you know, sec, what, second, second cornerback with Averett, your second safety with Stevens. Um, you know, Tavon went out a little bit last night. And, you know, it's hard to mask that over the course of time. And, and I think that's what's happening. Even Brandon Williams didn't play again last night, but even though I thought their defensive line played well. So offensively, it's the offensive line. You know, they, they you know, down to the third right tackle. Uh, that catches up to you. Uh, but no excuse last night if you ask me for uh, the, 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 um, the mental part of the game. I mean, not covering uh, Wilson out of the backfield, coming uh, in motion across the line, across the formation, and then doing a wheel route right down the field where everybody on TV saw it and nobody covered him. I mean, that's just uh, – Wink Martindale's got to be dying when he sees that, and uh, that's that's not a physical breakdown. That's a mental breakdown, and we're, and we're seeing too much of that. I, I agree. I wholly agree. But I don't know if that's the story either, right, Keith? Like, I don't know if that's the story moving forward. I don't know that you can't. No, it can't be. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, right. Obviously, it, it can't be or you panic. But I also don't know if it's reasonable to think that it is, right? Like, I we, I, I know they are, they are thin. Everything you just said is true. They are thin. 
They have they have problems, and they're not easy solutions. Like we think that Patrick McCarry might come back at some point, and if he plays the way that he did, that's helpful for the offensive yeah. line, right? Yeah. We think that Nick Boyle could be helpful, uh, and from a blocking standpoint, like we think that there are a couple of things that can help this team. But in some areas, there, there's no reinforcements coming, right? Like there's there's not going to be a better running back that's going to be on the field at any point this season. They've got what they've got, and they've got to figure out a way to at least somehow yeah, make that's it a work. Great point. And, and I think they are. You know, there's certainly not lack of work on the coaching staff or the players. A great example of what you're talking about was that great, great check down for Lamar last night. Again, he read the all-out blitz, and they did it pretty much half the game. And, um, you know, he checked off to the option of Devontae Freeman, who had two steps on Brandon Jones around the edge. And if he can get around the edge, it's probably a 10, 15-yard game. But he couldn't. You know, and that's a reality. That is not J.K. Dobbins. That's not Ray Rice back there. That's Devontae Freeman eighth, nine year in the league, and it is what it is. With that said, they have been able to mask that the last you know, six weeks because of you know, the play of Lamar and, and certain guys stepping up, Hollywood Brown, uh, who dropped a couple balls last night. With that said, yeah, you're right, brother. You've got you to gotta figure out a way to do it, uh, and, and, and you've got to do it quickly because you, know, you saw what the Bears did to Pittsburgh uh, Monday night. Should have won the game had it not been for just some brutal officiating. And then you got the stretch in the AFC uh, North, and then you got the Packers and the Rams thrown in there too. So, um, I, you know, I don't anticipate them playing as poorly as they did last night, but you got to look at it from a reality standpoint in terms of potential with the players they have on the field. Keith Mills is with us from WBAL, and, of course, uh, he does Navy as well. They get an off weekend this weekend, then he'll be back in action. Um, Keith, I, what do you make of – I think a lot of – there was a lot of confusion and surprise by like, how much more we saw of Sammy Watkins than Rashad Bateman last night. I, I am – I'm almost getting carried away in how much I think of Rashad Bateman. I got to uh, calm down yeah. a little bit because, I, I like, I look at him and see someone who is as talented as almost anyone we've ever seen a wear Ravens uniform. And I get it. He's played four games, so I need to settle down a little bit. But, like, were you as surprised as everyone else – by the limited options or the limited opportunities we saw for Rashad Bateman in comparison to a returning Sammy Watkins? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. But then again, you know, he had Sammy Watkins open. It was a great read from Lamar that first drive of the game. And Sammy stopped running. Yep. Uh, didn't go after the ball, which was shocking to me. And then even on the play he fumbled, it would have been a first down and the drive would have continued. Uh, so it, I, I get what you're saying, but I love Bateman. Bateman reminds me of a little smaller Anquan Bolden who caught everything around him and was a physical beast out there. Bateman's not as big as Anquan, but great hands and an ability to catch and run quickly. And, and I think down the road, um, I think that's going to really bode well for what they're going to try to do. I, I, think, I think Greg Roman and, and the coaches are still trying to get a, a good feel on where he best fits in regards to the offense. But, man, I'll tell you what, every time he touches the ball, he moves the chains. Every time, you know, he, is, he gets in space, he turns it into a 20-yard a game, which he did again last night. So, love the kid. To me, he's as close to Anquan Bolden as we've had in a Ravens uniform since Anquan left. Again, not as big. And, and maybe not as physical, but right. great hands, man. Just phenomenal hands. Right, and you saw it on the, even the one catch last night. You're like, man, that is that's yeah. a that's a that's a catch that a man makes, right? Like that Absolutely. is that is not a guy playing in his fourth NFL game. That's the reality. Um, yeah. So 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 here we are, right? Like this is this is yeah. all of all of this is is true. The 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 defensive side of it, as you point out, the injuries. 
I, I think the more concerning part, Keith, right, is like it's not just about the injuries. Like I, I think the more concerning part is like there are guys that just don't seem to be playing up to what we should be expecting from them. And I, I think the chief among them, and I'm not trying to say he's had a disastrous season by any stretch of the imagination, but how, how concerned are you by Marlon Humphrey as a whole that like he's just not been maybe the guy that we, you know, the Ravens certainly paid him to be as a lockdown, shutdown, and I'm, I, I don't know about the call in the end zone last night. I thought that was kind of weak, but, you know, it just yeah, than, he's not been that guy. Yeah, other than that player last night, I thought Marlon played really well, maybe played his best game. Um, but, no, you're right. I mean, you know, pro, pro football focus grades everybody, and about a month ago they had him as the 34th or 35th best corner of the league. Now he's up to around 9 or 10, so he's getting back to that level that we're used to. But I think Marlon would be the first to tell you, that his, his performance has not been uh, up to his standard. Uh, you can almost see it uh, when he addresses the media and he's asked about it. Yeah, I think he feels a little bit of, um, of, of, um, of disappointment in his own play. Uh, again, you're looking at busted coverages. Busted coverages are what they are, man. It's either a mental or a physical breakdown that we have seen too much of. Now, yesterday, he wasn't involved in that at all. Anthony Averett. Uh, Chuck Clark, Brandon Stevens, whoever was responsible for that just ridiculous right. um, uh, play down the right sideline in the first half. I mean, that's just inexcusable. And as uh, same with Wilson's, um, you know, wheel route down the left corner, which put the game away after the Ravens scored their first touchdown. I mean, listen, um, I've never, I mean, I, I never played at that level. I did play defensive back. And first thing you had to do was cover whoever came out of the backfield. Now that, that was, that At was, least be aware was, of their existence would be helpful. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and it was impossible not to because he was in everybody's field of vision. Um, with, with that said, it's easy for us to sit here on our high horse and complain right, about it. Right. But back to Marlon, uh, I think Marlon's playing better. Uh, he played better last night. Uh, you know, they put him on uh, Gusecki uh, in tough third-down situations because he was their go-to receiver, um, and, and, he, and he did a good job there. But. You know, to me, the two biggest disappointments last night were that, the busted coverages in the secondary, and just the offensive line's woefully inability to, to, to rush the blitz. And even when they had it manned in terms of numbers, I don't know if you remember this, Patrick Ricard and Devontae Freeman had two guys coming in off the edge, and both of them took the same guy. Yep. And, and Holland came in and got the sack, and it was just a breakdown, and whether it's communication or, or, or identifying what was going on or, or lack of experience playing together, whatever it is, it's costing them a great deal. And last night it did in a variety of ways in regards to protecting the quarterback. I mean, that was a, a real poor display of offensive of, of football last night in terms of handling the blitz. Just another I've minute. never seen anything like it. Just another minute or two here with Keith Mills from WBAL. Keith, uh, how do you handle it? When you guys do your shows, how do you handle all the uh, – Every time they lose a game, everybody wants to fire the oh, yeah. offensive coordinator, right? Like, I, it's it's unbelievable to me that, that the way that we treat Greg Roman in this town when we like we saw what offense looked like in Baltimore for a very long time. It's just unreal to me. Um, the the and I get it. Like you 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 don't own a Greg Roman jersey. Like no fan owns a coordinator jersey, so it's easy to be mad easier to be mad at him than the players that you like. But how do, how do you handle that inevitability whenever you get those phone calls? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an easy narrative, guys. You know, it's easy to criticize the coach when they lose because they're out there on, on the pedestal. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for Greg. Um, you know, go back to the Colts game in the second half. I mean, you can't, you can't call it any better. You can't execute it any better. You know, I think 
in, in terms of my job, our job, what we do, it's, it's all emotion. You know, the fans are so emotionally invested, and after a game, they are not happy, and they want to vent, and, you know, talk radio, and certainly the Ravens post-game show gives them an opportunity to do that. Sometimes, you know, you have to talk them off the ledge, like, hey, man, stay away from the bridges. Don't go to the Key Bridge or the Bay Bridge. And, and they, they, wanna, they want to uh, um, unleash their anger, and the target of it, more often than not, is the coaches because that's an easy it's an easy uh it's an easy target and you just got to deal with it and move on we uh you know we had a couple of guys call last night that were you know fire hard ball get rid of wing get rid of roman you know get rid of whole coaching staff time to change direction like whoa take a step back look at the big picture and and and, and try to move on from there all right keith uh, uh give me one thought on a i know it's been a difficult season results wise for navy but i actually just had pete on the other day and i like in watching and listening to you guys, like I, I, it's frustrating because I don't think they're as bad as their record indicates that they are. And I don't mean that to try to, like, you know, uh, uh, be a homer or something along those lines. But I think if you've watched, if you've been paying attention to these games, they battled Notre Dame. They battled oh, yeah. Cincinnati. Like, I, I think the circumstances have been difficult. They faced a really brutal schedule. Uh, but I don't think they're as bad as you might think they are by looking at their record. No, they're not. And Luke Fickle, the coach of Cincinnati, said the same thing. How in the world these guys have that record? With that said, though, again, injuries have decimated their secondary, decimated their offensive line, and we're seeing how valuable those guys are with the Ravens. With that said, the the, um, the, the shining, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is they played a lot of young kids, freshmen and sophomores, natural freshmen and sophomores right now. Jaywan Lane, the kid from uh, Gilman, freshman. Tyler Fletcher, freshman. So, Looking ahead, uh, you know, that bodes really well next year and beyond. Uh, they had to bite the bullet a little bit this year because of that inexperience to begin with. But right now, man, those kids are really stepping up and doing a good job. So looking ahead, uh, you know, both of their quarterbacks are sophomores as well. So I think there's good things ahead for those guys. You on uh, TV this Sunday night, Keith Mills? Yes, we are. Pete Gilbert and I, Ravens wrap coming up after the uh, Sunday night game. Very good. At Keith Mills, 1090 is how you follow him on Twitter. Mills, you always appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Thank you for taking time Great talking to you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Keith Mills, uh, of course, Ravens broadcast team and Navy broadcast team and just all around uh, the Baltimore sports uh, maestro, if you will. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. Ah, so much to get into. Andrew Stecka. Yeah, I, I'm fine with Andrew Stecka says. He was in Miami. He spent a lot of money making that trip. Uh, I, wa- I just want to be mad at the players. I think we can do that after last night. They were so lethargic, which may make sense on a short week after an overtime game. I, I got no problem with you being mad at the players. None at all. As long as you do it within reason. As long as what you're saying is not um, so-and-so sucks and has always sucked. As long as what you're being mad at the players, you're not saying Lamar Jackson's the worst quarterback in football. It's within context. I don't have a problem with you being mad at Greg Roman. Be mad at Greg Roman. He stunk last night. It's doing it within context. It, there's a difference between I think Greg Roman stunk last night and Greg Roman's awful, and those are two different things. We lose our ability to think, to comprehend. I got no issue with you being mad about anything that happened last night. Or with you pointing out things that are probably, if, if your take is, uh, at this moment, I don't think Ben Powers is an NFL caliber left guard, I'm going to be hard-pressed to argue that with you. I don't dislike Ben Powers. I think he can be serviceable in some capacity and, and can help, but right now it's a problem. If your take is, you know, I, I think... Um, 
you know, if a lot of you, Marquise Brown is always this guy. He's always going to be terrible. Then, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to that because we just had a game last week. Marquise Brown didn't have his best game last night, unquestionably. But we don't. That's the hyperbole. It's just the saying things for the sake of saying them. They they can do that on ESPN and Fox Sports or whatever wherever you want to go. I just I'm not engaging in that and saying things for the sake of saying them. I never have, I never will, and I would like to think that if you're here that you would understand that and that wouldn't be something that you would be doing because you know better. I'm just I don't engage with that. We don't just say things for the sake of saying them. We try to put some thought into it. It was a bad night. It was a really really bad night. Unquestionably bad night. And there are problems that go deeper than just one game. Related specifically, largely to injury. We will, uh, all that being said, we will be at Mother's on Tuesday night with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. And, you know, hopefully five days removed, we'll be in a better place to go have some fun next Tuesday night at Mother's in Timonium with Tyus Bowser and a special guest for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's GarageMD.com. I keep trying to tell you. That's where I take my vehicles, Duffy'sGarageMD.com, and Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, all partnering up to make it happen. We'll be at Mother's in Timonium on Tuesday night for the next Tyus Bowser show. From Chris, Chris says, uh, Glenn, you're screaming about Arizona State. I was afraid we might be screaming about Maryland, uh, the way that game was going. And, in fact, all I could think about late in that game was, well, at least the Ravens will end up winning this. As it turns out, it was Maryland who didn't let me down. Go figure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of you watched the Maryland game last night, but it was not. It was ugly. It was not pretty. Um, Five for 23 start. Yeah, it was, it was not It was yeah. not pretty. I mean, they ultimately got a huge shot from Fats Russell. And the, I mean, they were trying – they, they they started to pull away again late, and then they were trying to blow it, and then the football game was starting. I'm like, oh, God, i got to keep my eye on both of these. I thought I was hoping that it would time out perfectly, that by the time they had pulled away, I could just sit down and start watching football. But it wasn't the case. Thankfully, Fats Russell bailed them out in the final minute. I blame myself. Oh, because it's your fault. It, it's oh, my good. fault. I'm glad we know this it, it, now. It, it, oh. I blame myself because there's not many chances, because of just the jobs that I work, yeah. that I get to watch Maryland basketball. And every time... I watch them. They play like that. Stop watching. Stop. It, and every time, I, every time I turn away, they they pull away in the game. It, it's yeah. it's my fault, and yeah. I and I apologize. Way to go. Send your send your angry emails to uh, to Paul because it's all his fault. Yeah, weird nights, weird night. Uh, but uh, it's it's what it is. It's just what it is, guys. It's just what it is. All right, um, uh, Banks is going to join us next from Barstool Sports. He sent out a tweet about uh, Greg Roman that I think is is pertinent, that it, it's something that I want to discuss further, and where we are, where where the meeting point is between there are serious flaws that we are concerned about, the teams are noticing, and they're trying to take advantage of because of how thin this team is versus this was one really awful night in Miami. I'm trying to figure out where we are between those two things. We'll get uh, Banks' thoughts about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate to Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th at any of the 13 Baltimore area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate and you also get a free t-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mothers in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, back in here on GCR, Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It is a morning after uh, edition of GCR, after what was just one of the worst losses in uh, recent Ravens memory last night. Completely flat performance in which they had almost nothing to offer. But other than that, fun night! Oh, yes, oh man. Paul? My, uh... So my dad, ah, my dad, gotta love him. But he's like my Papa best Valley. They call yes, him. Papa Valley. Paul Papa Val- Valley. Paul Valley Jr. Yeah. He um. Oh, PVJ. PVJ. Yeah. He does not in the streets. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, right. He does not watch the games. Well, my, wait a second. Now this is interesting. Ever? No, he can't handle it. My he cannot handle it. Oh my. Um. So he doesn't watch the games. 
He doesn't read articles. He doesn't know what's going is on it, with is the Is this team. a darker conversation than I want to have? Like, no, what, what no. would happen if he watched a game? Um, he, he tries. It gives him palpitations. He can't handle so it. So what does he do? So he follows the box score what the, the next day. Or if they, pl- if they play on primetime or if they play at 1 o'clock, he'll check the box score afterwards, right? And if they lose... I inevitably, this morning I woke up to five novel long text messages from my dad complaining about the Ravens and how they don't want to, uh, how he doesn't want to hear that they have 17 guys on IR. And this is, a, and I, I couldn't read them. They were so long and I just couldn't deal with it. But I responded to him and I said, Dad, I think what bothers me the most about the negativity is you care more about these losses than I do. And I'm invested in the team and you don't follow them. And this is, so when, so you get the heartache of the Ravens losing a game that they shouldn't win. I get that and then have to explain to my father who doesn't follow the team why this isn't the end of the world and he doesn't need to jump off a cliff. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, by the way, this is fa- that's the guy the fact that he really does not watch the game. If fa- I don't know how what is the point of being a fan of it's this is a fascinating conversation. He doesn't watch the Orioles either. He well, I mean, <laughs> my dad Someone may make an argument that there's a lot of people that didn't but, but, watch, but don't he watch has, the Orioles. But but he has he has opinions on them. Every day. This is so weird. It, yeah, it's it's very, really weird. This is very weird. This bit, is my man. life. And like I said, my dad's my best friend. I love him to death. Do a documentary but about this. It's it's and he's like your prototypical Baltimore sports fan, where the world is crashing down and everything that could go wrong will go wrong. He's the ultimate Yeesh. pessimistic Baltimore sports fan. Yeesh. And I get these novels of text messages after every Ravens loss, like it's the downfall of the organization. Do you, they might do as well not. Do you, do you worry leave. about that with yourself at all? Do you ever worry about because like every you, you know you in a lot of ways you are your father like, uh, in, in a lot of ways we are, we are the not same person you speci- specifically i'm saying all of us like but me specifically I'm, a lot of ways my dad and i are the same person we are not yikes. like that with our fandom i expect yikes. bad things to happen but i don't i don't jump off a ledge i know that the ravens are going to bounce back so what is it, honest to god what does he do, do during the games like at uh, one o'clock on a sunday what would he would we go out pick you know like to an apple um, orchard like he'll what? watch hgtv <laughs> he'll he'll go antiquing with my stepmother um He'll go play golf with his friends. That he, is wild, man. It, that is wild. It, and my dad's my dad's a doctor. He's semi-retired. All right. He's semi-retired. He's a very accomplished man, apparently. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. oh, he's a very accomplished man, he, he, and he's he's brilliantly intelligent. Um, but he just he cannot watch the games anymore. It, he gets too mad. He gets too stressed out. It, it's it's a trip. If you ever. I would not wish it upon anybody to sit down and watch a football game with my dad because when he does, he gets so irrationally mad about the team. And, and again, I'm not putting him down. I love him. It's just who he is. It's just who he is. He gets so irrationally mad that he realizes if he is going to be that person, he can't watch. That is a wild bit, bro. Old PVJ. <laughs> oh, wild bit from old PVJ. Which is better than, of course, a PVJ sandwich, a, 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 a <laughs> peanut vinegar and, and jelly. It just, doesn't, oh, that, that, that just should, doesn't just doesn't work. That I should gotta, be a punishment for one it, of your bets. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Speaking it out of the which, universe. I got it. We were supposed to do it this week. Um, uh, we gotta figure. We gotta announce who lost our uh, MLB bet this season because Jordan did the math last week, and I've known. I've been sitting on it for a week, but um, we just had other things today. Honest to God, the person that needs to know today was the day I was gonna tell him, and then the Ravens got they lost to Miami, and so I, it just went lower on the priority list after that. Oh. Hey, um, we need you to make sure that you're taking care of uh, Chick-fil-A and their Toys for Tots push and what it is they're doing. Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants invite you to support Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th. Donate a new toy at any of their 13 Stuff the Truck locations and receive a free sandwich offer card 
as a thank you. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. That is the Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck Toy Drive to Benefit Toys for Tots next Saturday. And you get a free uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich offer card in response. And Come on, what's better than that? That's a win-win all around next Saturday. Go again to PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive to find out which locations are participating. It's our buddy Barstool Banks from BarstoolSports.com. He's, of course, their Ravens guy and their golf guy, too, and he joins us now here on GCR. What's going on, Banks? How are you, my friends? Uh, I've been better. Yeah. I think we've all been better here. Yep, so. not great. I want to I wanna actually lead this off, though, because you and I uh, are in lockstep about something, and I, uh, I think this was a, a tremendous tweet that you sent, it, and it's certainly – it, it, it echoes many of the thoughts that I often share when we do this. Uh, you said Greg Roman has probably had probably his worst game as Ravens offensive coordinator last night. He deserves a lot of flack along with many others. Yes, agreed, check. And then you follow up by saying, but I can't emphasize enough how silly it is to suggest firing the architect of an offense that has scored more points than any other since taking over. And I say this, like, I, I, I think that the – Unlike other times, I actually think that the voices asking for Greg Roman to be fired were minimal last night. I didn't think it was. I, I didn't think it was overwhelming. But even for the minimal voices, it, it's insane to me the way that Greg Roman has been treated in this town. It's bat ass nuts the way that Greg Roman has been treated in the city of Baltimore. You're, you're kind of coming in hot in the same way I am. I'm kind of steaming. I'm a hot little potato right now yeah. because. You're right. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of people saying it last night, but I woke up this morning and I saw a little more. And then I put my tweet out there, and the responses to it have been insane. It's, it's like we've completely forgotten how we got to this point to six and three. So for eight weeks, the narrative was we would continue to fall behind in the first half and come out in the second half firing, with adjustments made. And of course, a lot of that credit goes to Lamar Jackson. The lion's share of that credit goes to Lamar Jackson. But you can't sit there and not give Greg Roman some credit there. And then when the game happens last night, see what happens, which, hey, I prefaced that tweet by saying awful game by him. There's no way around that. Nope. He really – was. I mean, there's, we all saw it. It was awful. But you can't sit here and act like he's been doing this week after week when all the evidence before this week suggests otherwise. Right. He literally five days ago had a game – where I thought he made incredible adjustments. We started to throw everything underneath. All those screen passes that did not work last night worked great on Sunday, and, you know, that's where, you know, you have to make changes last night. But you, you just can't sit there and look at the body of work and say that this is a guy who has to go. It's insane. And it's not just that. I think it really is a step beyond that, Banks. It's not just that, he, it's that you can't say he has to go. It's that we're trying to pretend like he hasn't been exceptional. Like, that's – it. it Greg Roman has been an exceptional offensive coordinator, and you could argue he's been the best offensive coordinator the Ravens have ever had. Now, I get it. Like, he's got Lamar Jackson, and that makes anybody look better. Like, anybody's going to be a better coordinator when they're working with Lamar Jackson. I can understand that. But this thing that we're doing where we're pretending like the Ravens are succeeding in spite of Greg Roman is bat s nuts. It's one of the most insane things. They are succeeding in part because of Greg Roman. And it's it's overwhelming to me the depths that we're willing to go to ignore that. There are some points being made by the other camp with regards to Greg Roman that are that are perfectly valid. I mean, you look at some of the playoff performances, you look at some of the passing routes, and we all talked about the Kurt Warner video that came out yep. last season. All that stuff. 
those are valid, and I think we've made some adjustments, and we've seen evidence of that in the first eight weeks of this season. How we got to this point, you know, one bad loss, it's, uh, I'm trying to, to not overreact to it, and I'm trying to, you know, impart that upon my followers and everybody who listens to me and is listening to this show. Um, it's just one loss, and there's a lot of reasons why you would expect the Ravens to have not played their best game last night. Now, with that said, they probably – you would think that their not best game should be enough to beat a team like the Miami Dolphins, and that's what's frustrating to me. Yep. But I can't believe after going to bed last night, I can't believe I'm in a place this morning where I feel like I'm trying to defend the performance last night because the overreaction this morning has been so insane. So, um, I mean, in terms of, of what the Dolphins threw at the Ravens last night, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, with the safety blitzes and all those types of things, mm-hmm. I think the stats are all out there showing that that's a pretty unprecedented defensive attack by the Dolphins. you got to tip your cap to some degree. And, yes, Greg Roman needs to make adjustments there. But it's really hard to make adjustments in pass protection when you've got running backs that weren't even on the roster in August. You've got um, your, your best blocking tight end has been on the sideline for weeks. And you've got this offensive line that's been kind of a moving target the entire time. You don't have your left tackle that you invested $20 million a year in. So there's a lot of excuses that you can try to make for Greg Roman. And if this was a pattern week after week, and, and it would be a different story. But that's just not the story. It's just one bad night, and I want everybody to chalk it up and uh, not slam on the panic button. You know, there's a lot of reasons to maybe slam on that panic button when you look at the schedule out in front of us. But it is what it is, and we're 6-3. and three, so, that, so that's that's exactly what we've been trying to do this morning, Banks. Barcel Banks is with us here on GCR. What we've been trying to figure out is, like, what is the line between the realities that this is a, a because-of-injury flawed team? The things that you're talking about, the offensive line, and, and they don't have an, a running back on the roster that's any good, like – we know those things are true and, for the most part, not changing, right? Like, they might get Patrick McCarry back, and that would be helpful. There's this pie-in-the-sky thought that Jawan James could be in the picture, but I, I don't even know what, how to have that conversation. But for the most part, it's not changing, right? So we know that there are flaws and they're real due to the injuries versus it being one atrocious night on the road on a Thursday, four days removed from playing an overtime game. Like, the measurement between those two – and, and where that pendulum swings, and I, I don't think it's all one way or the other, right? Like, I think the people that are trying to go the route but that, that are saying, oh, this team's going to fall off a cliff, everything's catching up to them injury-wise, that's hyperbole, that's nonsense. But at the same time, I don't think it's nothing either. I don't know exactly where it is between these two things. I completely agree. It falls in the middle, and, you know, the proof will be in the pudding next week and the week after that, so we'll just have to wait and see, but... Um, Man, I feel like this team has earned a lot more leash than this kind of reaction at this point in the season. It's just we've won a lot of games. A lot of them have been close, and and maybe some of that was window dressing. But, I mean, come on, six and three in a division. I mean, the AFC, weird stuff is going on everywhere. I mean, we're not immune to these losses you're seeing around the league with the Bills and the Jags. I mean, I would say that's a worse loss than the one we had last night. Um and you look at the Chiefs and all these other teams that are supposed to be the contenders, we can afford to lose a game like that. That's, I know that's a poor mentality to have, and we, we expect a lot. And then that was another thought I had maybe 10, 15 minutes ago. Like I, I have an appreciation at least, as annoying as it is on a morning like this one, that we lose games like this so few and far between that it feels like the sky is falling when we do. Yeah. 
No, this it's, is what happens around the league to everybody. Yep. 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 The Ravens and, and it's, it's a whole, the Ravens lose so rarely anymore that like they lose any game and it and it feels like the, the there's a panic that sets in. Particularly they lose a game like you know to a team like the Dolphins and it's you know this is a disaster. The 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 world everything's gone to hell. It's it's the end of it. And and you're right. You're right. That's exactly the way that things go. Um, and yeah, you know, we won't get the answer on exactly what it means until they start playing more football games, but I'm not, I'm not unconcerned. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I am not unconcerned. I, I, this, the biggest problem to me with Greg Roman right now is Greg Roman. What we know that he does, his, his greatness is built around running the football. And there is just no reason for me to believe that this team is going to be able to run the football for the rest of the season. Yeah. I thought we started to see that on the first couple drives there last night and, one of the one of the things that I think that Greg Rowan maybe did poorly specific to last night was kind of stray away from that because it was it was working. But then again, like they were driving and they ran into a brick wall at the opponent's thirty thirty five yard line, and that's why they had the two field goal attempts. So, yeah, you look at the big picture in terms of them running the ball; it doesn't look good whatsoever. I'm trying to be optimistic about Nick Boyle and his influence on the run game once he gets involved, uh, but it continues to be a work in progress and. I mean, this this is goes back to the, the, the conversation at hand. You know, we're, to a degree, we're sending out Greg Roman to try to chop down a tree in a forest with, with a bunch of butter knives. It's, just, it's ridiculous, like, to expect that he's going to hum along and, and light up this offense in ways like in 2019 or, or something like that. And, um, man, we did a great job of, of making it look like that could be the case for a bunch of weeks. But, um, yeah, eventually some of these things are going to catch up to you. And uh, last night was just a night where I felt like it finally did. A hundred percent. Go ahead, Paul. That's fine. Hey, man. So where do you stand as far as expectations for this team? And what I mean by that is before last night, people were talking about, are the Ravens the best team in the AFC? I- I've looked at this team, and, and it's not just that they're flawed. Like we talked about, that they're, that they're beat up. I don't have Super Bowl expectations for this team because I just don't think that with the personnel that they're left with that they have that ability. I'm of the mindset that if they make the playoffs, that's a win for this season. Where do you stand with that, and where do you think that this team can go based on what the AFC looks like right now? I've tried to stray away from from a specific expectation like a Super Bowl, given how the season has unfolded. Uh, I'm just kind of trying to look at the big picture that is the AFC, and, and like you said, a playoff feels like making a playoff feels like a win for this team at this point. I, I would like to think that the division title should be that that aspiration at least for the regular season here. And then with the the way the AFC is, it just feels like if you just get yourself in the tournament, anything can happen. And I know that our postseason history recently doesn't really suggest that uh, the team is constructed in a way where there's going to be success there. But you also look at it on paper. If we can find the run game. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. The one of the thing that things about this team that maybe it's there's people subscribe to the idea that there's luck involved with it to some degree, um, but this team's not forcing any takeaways. I don't know if we're due for takeaways, if we're due for fumble luck, and that's going to turn around at some point. I mean, if, if Patrick Queen scoops that ball and takes it to the house last night, it might be a completely different football game, and vice versa with Sammy Watkins yep. if that ball comes out of his hands. It's it's one of those football things. It's just the nature of the game. Are we due for some of those things down the stretch? I don't know. It's I'm I'm maybe grasping at straws, but something like that. But um, this this defense for the last couple of years has defined itself on its ability to to take away the ball and and score it the other way. And a lot of that has to do with Marcus Peters. 
so you, you start to think about like, hey, is, is something like that around the corner or is that, um, you know, a symptom of just the situation at hand? Well, this was fun. This was a great time. What a joy this is to have this. I think it's the real issue is that you still, you're stuck marinating on it. There's not another football game to be played for three days. Like, you can't make fun of the Browns for a no. couple of, you know, like, you can't make fun of, that's that's no. the really difficult part about it. Kind of who this. I am, too. Am I even somebody if I can't make fun of the Browns? Right? Like, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, what is the point of life if you can't do that, dude? I know. It's, it's football. What else is going on in your world, man? Uh, about to head down to Pinehurst to watch a couple of my buddies compete oh, in the tough, Barstool Classic. Real tough life uh, you pretty, got going there. Real tired real, up about that. Yeah, yeah I know. Real, life goes on, right? <laughs> real difficult. Real difficult way to spend a few days going out of Pinehurst. Yeah, I'm excited to not watch any football on Sunday and just kind of get away and, and reset button. And I'll be in Chicago next week for the Bears game. So, nice. Nice. Uh, boots on the ground there. At Barstool Banks, of course, on Twitter is where you see his stuff, BarstoolSports.com. Banks, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks, man. Barstool Banks checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. Uh, yeah, you know, we all saw the same thing last night. We're all coping. There's a lot of cope. That's what the kids like to say. A lot of cope happening right now. Hour number one of today's program is in the books, brought to you by Window Nation. Final chance for you to take advantage of their best offer ever. Two free windows ever to you by... No payments for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com in order to find out more. When we come back in, it's time for us to dish out some slaps to the helmet. You guys are struggling here. Um, I, I thought that this would be almost an overwhelming response. I think there's like just a hangover effect in general. You guys are really sluggish getting your slaps in this morning, so let's get to it. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, who are your five Ravens that are most deserving of scorn? We'll talk about that next. GCR. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Once again this season, Pressbox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. PressBox's Project Game Day Every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, State Highway Administration. 
Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate the Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th at any of the 13 Baltimore area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate and you also get a free t-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Just a couple of uh, observations. Uh, Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun just shared out snap counts uh, for the Ravens last night. And it's it, it sort of doesn't work with one of the things we're throwing out there. Sammy Watkins only had 23 snaps last night. It was not... He didn't look good, obviously, but he only had 23 snaps. Rashad Bateman had 40 snaps last night. So why the ball wasn't getting to Rashad Bateman more often, that's a, a very fair question. But only 23 for Sammy Watkins and 40 for Rashad Bateman during the course of the game last night. Uh, Patrick Queen was right around 50% of snaps. He had played 36 snaps, 52% of the Ravens' defensive snaps last night for Patrick Queen. So... Uh, Chris Board played significant amount. He played 35 as well. So those just some of the observations from looking at the snaps count. A lot of people are uh, pointing out that uh, it didn't get a lot better for Jimmy Smith. He was only on the field for 10 snaps, despite the fact that Sean Elliott didn't play. And uh, also Tyson Williams not on the field at all. Not a single yeah. snap last night. I, I get doing that bit. I even even uh, my buddy Jeff Zrebeck, who I, I, I know we talked about this with before, I don't. I I still don't get the obsession with this. Um, what did he? What did he? Uh, I'm trying to pull up this this tweet from Jeff, but I can't find it right now. He brought up the the Tyson thing. Like I I get the frustration of saying it, if it's so bad with everybody else, could it really be worse with Tyson Williams? And I'm going to continue to tell you guys, yes, it could. And, and that's the part that we don't. We just don't want to acknowledge. It could be worse. Would it be? I don't know that. I can't say that with certainty. But could it be? Yes. When we say this, we're only looking at certain aspects of it. We're thinking that if you just get somebody out there who's quicker, it's got to be better. No. That guy could be putting the ball on the turf. That guy could be so lost that he gets someone killed. No. It does not guarantee that it can't be worse. Just because it's not good in other places. Just because Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell aren't good, it does not guarantee that it can't be worse with Tyson Williams. I understand the thought process. Like, I get it. I get where you're coming from, but I promise you it's not that simple. Today's show uh, also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. Deposit up to $100 and use the code PRESSBOX, and we will match it. With Underdog Fantasy Football, download the Underdog app or go to underdogfantasy.com. I know if you played uh, some of KZ's props this week, you'd already be in the plus, like 
17 and a half completions for Lamar Jackson. That already hit. So if you would uh, put that in one of your parlays for the weekend, you would already be a leg up on uh, winning some money with underdog fantasy football. They got player props. They got parlays. It feels like you're betting, which is good because you're still not allowed to bet. Hey, at least the Ravens lost, but we're not allowed to bet in Maryland, so everything's cool. <laughs> I'm going away this weekend, by the way. I haven't really, I'm going away. I'm getting away. My wife and I are ducking out for the weekend. And um, it's, it's so much more complicated because at the time where we made this decision to go away, I had no idea, for example, that Loyola would be hosting the Patriot League Soccer Championship. So believe it or not, they're not thrilled that I'm not available to call the game tomorrow. I had no idea that Stevenson was going to decide to host a basketball tournament. And so now, like, I'm not, I'm getting, I'm, not, I'm not able to work any of these things. And yet I have to do all of the work in order to set things up. And it's just, it's overwhelming. I'm losing my mind right now. Oh, we, now. we can tell, Ben. Quite I'm the rant Friday. My mind, losing my damn mind. Proctor's trying to egg me on with um, uh, UC you. Riverside stuff. I hate you. I truly hate you. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's get into slaps. I'm going to let Lil' Jordan play uh, with snaps today, too, as well. Uh, here's how it works. You pick five Ravens. You rank them five to one uh, in terms of who deserves the most scorn for their performance in the loss last night. Two of your players must be offensive players. Two of your players must be defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you'd like it to be, another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. Take them, rank them, identify your five, rank them five to one. That's who gets your slaps. To be very clear, I think there are plenty of options for who could be on this list. No shortage of options for who could receive slaps to the helmet. So I'm almost going to be hard-pressed telling you that anybody that you put on your list is wrong. That being said, my number five. It's very difficult, right? Because I don't think Patrick Queen had a poor night as a whole. Um, and in fact, the reason why he makes the list starts with the fact that he made a really good play. The problem is, after that point, he made a worse play that could have been a game changer. And with a lot of time still to play at that point in the game, there was an opportunity there to do something that could change the course of the football game, and he didn't do it. And it's as simple as that, and it stands out. I get it. Is it any worse than a play that occurred, another mistake during the course of the game? Not necessarily, but it certainly stands out because it was in the fourth quarter and because of the nature of where they would have been on the field if he just falls on that football in that spot and protects possession. I also get that sometimes when the offense, you know, we, we saw this for years in Baltimore when the offense was struggling and the defense was like, maybe we have to go get the points ourselves, right? Like maybe we can't trust them. But in that moment, it was critical that the Ravens come away with the ball. He didn't get it. And so because of it, he's number five on my list. Um, I have to change the order of mine because I didn't put them in the right order. But what do you mean? Uh, well, we, I went two defense. I went two offensive, two defense you, you in that just, order for some reason. No, no, no. You just take five players. No, they can I, be I, in any order you want. I am aware. I just okay. for some reason I just my mind wasn't there when I did All this right. last night. I, I was fighting with the wife. Um, oh, yikes! Um, <laughs> do you need so, to stop watching the football games? <laughs> do, you <no>. need to, <laughs> do you need to to do the bit your dad it does? Was, maybe it was, it was look over, at the old box scores. It was over something really stupid. We made up really quick. All right, good. Um, so number five for me is Anthony Averett because honestly the defense played really well. Yeah. I thought last night um, Anthony Averett dropped an interception on a ball that it's true. was it was basically like thrown to him. Yep, it's true, and he dropped it and that could have changed the game so number five for me is anthony Avery. all right little jordan you need to little jordan's mic on we oh. do have to do that yes and then was it brandon stevens that blew the coverage on wilson that didn't pick him up uh no it was not we uh, don't think we don't think uh, we think it was chuck clark uh, yep. well then in that case i'd go with chuck clark did, i told you to did you write yours out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
Okay, it's not a good start. I'm just being okay. honest with you. Okay, it's well, not a well, good cause, start. Because I, I was gonna, I was gonna go. Whoever blew the coverage. Well, you, that's on not an. Ant, you have to pick a name okay. and say this is the player. Well, this I, is who well, gets it. Well, in that case, I'll, I'll, I was on the fence between that and Averett. I'll go with Averett because he did drop the pick. <laughs> All right. It did happen, and it's certainly a very deserving. We'll see how this goes. You're on probation yes. now, Jordan. Right. Just being honest about this. You know a thing or two about that. You're comfortable <laughs> being on probation. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the aforementioned Chuck Clark. And I don't think everything about what happened on that play was his fault. Um, I do understand that if he peels over, he's leaving the entire middle of the field open because he was the only man back. But at the same time, he didn't move. He didn't notice it. That's the more disturbing part. If he notices it and gets everybody's attention and says, hey, somebody else needs to watch this guy, then I'm less inclined to be angry at him. But he didn't do that. It just unfolded in front of him. And he did nothing about it whatsoever. Do me a favor. Just turn uh, Jordan's mic off whenever he's not talking because, we, yeah, that's, that's, that's the big story of what's happening right there. Um, look, you, you, you got to identify what's occurring. And once he's leaked out, you might, you might have to be the guy, right? Like, you might have to abandon the middle of the field. And I get it. That's a problem. But it's either that or there's a dude standing wide open with no one anywhere near him. When you desperately need a stop. Chuck Clark gets my number four because of it. Uh, Chuck Clark also gets my number four. He's the, they always talk about how he's the smartest guy on the field, and he didn't look like the smartest guy on the field. I, I, there were times where I thought he looked lost, gave up that big pass play down inside. In, they got him inside the 10-yard line, uh, looked lost on that play where Wilson ends up streaking down the, the sideline when they really needed a stop. Chuck Clark is also my number four. Go ahead, bring it. You got to yep. Then I'm gonna go with Patrick Queen. Kind of what you said. It's just it, all year. It's just looked like he's not going for tackles. He's trying to do what Marlon Humphrey used to do and just go for strips. And then he did force a fumble last night, but then he didn't recover it. So if you're gonna play that style, you have to fall on the football and not just pick it up and attempt to run with it. Gotta make the play. Totally agree. Gotta make the play. Um, uh, the good news for the offensive line is the only one of them could make my list. I only had room for one of them on my list, so it gives everybody else a pass. And Ben Cleveland doesn't deserve a pass, but he's getting it. Or not, sorry, Ben Cleveland. Ben Powers doesn't deserve a pass, but he's getting it. Because Bradley Bozeman's going to take the number three spot on my list. The snaps were bad. I mean, there's no getting around it. The offensive line play was bad, but the snaps were, were also all over the place. Um, the field conditions in Miami were not great. I don't know what that's all about, but... None of it is an excuse. That this is Bradley Bozeman's supposed to solidify this position. This is not supposed to be an issue anymore. And while they weren't maybe as as bad as some of the ones that we saw last season that ended up being, you know, game changers in certain moments, it was erratic as hell last night. The snaps were all over the place. Bradley Bozeman's my number three. It's not often that we're simpatico, but he's also my number three. The snaps were bad. The offensive line was bad as a whole. And when you're when you're the center and your snaps aren't good, it's the focus becomes on you. So for me, Bradley Bozeman. All right, Jordan. And then my number three goes to Lamar. Lamar just it, it just wasn't a Lamar game. I mean, it call it what you want, call it the play calling. But I mean, Lamar. I noticed this too, and a couple of my friends we were talking about it. When's the last time you saw Lamar throw a ball away? Rather than take a sack, he's he, he's trying to run, but when you've got four men coming at you, you're not going to run at it. You need to learn how to throw the ball away. Well, I mean, he's done it, but yes, I agree in general. There are times where I think that, that some of the sacks aren't on him, but yeah. could yeah. be avoided. I don't disagree yeah. with that. Uh, my number two is Greg Roman, um, who was not good. There's no getting around it. It was not good. The third down calls, 
I'll never understand um, the lack of 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 anything to address what was happening uh, as far as the zero coverage was concerned was alarming. Um, it doesn't mean that Greg Roman can't do this or they should be fired or any of those things that you guys like to say. It just means it was a really bad night for Greg Roman and because of that, Greg Roman is number two on my list. Number two for me is Sammy Watkins. He got alligator arms on a goalpost that wasn't anywhere near him. That would have been a touchdown. It should have been a touchdown on that first drive. Then the one catch he does get, he fumbles and it gets returned 49 yards for a touchdown. Sammy Watkins, first game back off the injury, did not play well in his limited snaps last night. Jordan? Yeah, and then I'm also going to go with Sammy Watkins. I mean, he just did, I, he can't give up on a ball. You can't fumble that ball. I mean, earlier in the week we said maybe we didn't need OBJ because of him, and, and then he just kind of just didn't do anything. Looked disappointed on the sideline, but that's your own fault. I, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Sammy Watkins number one uh, on my list. Sammy Watkins, look, I get it. Was he the worst player on the field last night? Probably not. But was he the guy whose two blunders – directly turn into 13 points in a game that you lost by 12, and that's just overwhelming? Yeah, it's overwhelming. Um, there's nothing you can do about that. I, I, On a night where there wasn't really any good from Sammy Watkins, the bad was so overwhelming that it wasn't a difficult choice for me. Sammy Watkins had to be number one on my list. He's number one with the bullets. N- number one for me. Greg Roman. Offense looked exactly the same on every single drive. Every drive was the same. Uh, Every third down was the same. Terrible game plan. They did nothing to switch it up. Also, I need more targets for Rashad Bateman. Uh, I'm with you on this, Glenn. I think he's uh, – you've never said this out loud, but you're on that Bateman train. I think he's the best wide receiver on the team. Uh, He clearly has the best hands on the team. And eight targets last night is good. I want 15. I want 15 targets for Rashad Bateman. He's a playmaker. You need to get him the ball, and they didn't last night. We'll come back to that in a second. We'll come back to that. And then I also go with Greg Roman. I mean, it was, what were we, one for eight from third down, one for nine, something yeah, like that. Two by for some, Two for 14. Yeah, like it was the, the first first half, it was we were doing run plays or screen plays when we needed 10, 10, yards. 15, yes, 10 15 yards. Like it, it, it's inexcusable, and then you just don't fix, don't pick up the blitzes. I mean, you, you can't do that. Uh, agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. Here's so two thoughts just to respond to two things. Um, I could. I struggled because I do think that Lamar is deserving of being on the list, but there are so many people that are deserving of being on the list that he just he didn't crack it. Um, he was up against a lot last night. I, I Look, I'm not giving him a pass. It was not a good night for Lamar Jackson, but he also did. There were plays that could have been made that weren't, that, that aren't his fault, and so he avoids the list for the night because of that for me. The Bateman thing, I'm not – like that to me is way too specific, the idea of saying we got to get him the ball 15 times a game. I – circumstances will end up dictating that. In a right? game like and, that. And and who he's matched up against and all of that. And if you look over and you say, Xavier Howard's over here and this person's over here, so we want to go that way, I completely understand mm-hmm. that, uh, the whole thing. In general, I think Rashad Bateman should be more involved with the offense. We do have to be realistic about this. Is a The guy's four games into his career. Yeah. We don't know what this looks like during practice. We don't know if he hasn't picked up other aspects of the offense. He admitted to me a couple months ago, a couple times that we talked to him, he openly admitted, look, man, I'm not, blocking is not my thing. Now, that might have already changed, but the reality is that if if he's not caught up in that department, the Ravens are going to be reluctant to go overwhelmingly with Rashad Bateman. But look, man, I'm 
I'm with you in general on the theory that Rashad Bateman is somebody that I want the ball going to much, much more often moving forward because there is so much to like there. Well, and, and look, he's certainly green, right? And you're right. Circumstances dictate what you're going to do with the football. But I'm watching there in the, on drives in the fourth quarter, passes going off uh, Marquise Brown's hands, and Bateman's not on the field. I feel like in those situations, he's got to be on the field. I hear you. I completely get it. All right, before we get to the senator, let me go through some uh, some of the folks that got their slaps in. John Proctor, five. Anthony Averett, I don't know who that uh, who let that guy go free at the end of the game, but Anthony Averett did let someone else get 47 earlier for sure. Yeah, and the drop interception. Four, Lamar, what are you even doing? You showed us you have the arm. Show us you can adjust. Three, Patrick Queen, fall on the ball for F's sake. Two, he wrote it as Marlon Brown. Now, Marlon's been gone for a little while, but, yes, Marquise Brown, uh, where was he? Why the drops? Look, I mean, it's it's a fair question. And number one, Greg Roman, uh, we didn't get a first down until almost the fourth quarter and no adjustment to the blitz. From uh, uh, from Andrew Stecka, five Marlon Humphrey. I, I think I've seen Marlon Humphrey pop up a couple times. It, the only issue I have with that is if it's related to the pass interference, I can't, I can't. Like, he definitely gave a bear hug, but he was being bear hugged at the same time. Yeah, what can you do? So, there? I, I don't, it's, that's tough for me. Like, I, he did, like, he definitely got his arms around. There's no question about it, but he was also, I, I guess you can beat him up for that, right? Because if you don't put your arms around, maybe you don't, you don't get called in that situation, even if it shouldn't have been called altogether. If you don't put your arms around, maybe you don't get the call at all. I don't know, but it's just tough for me to beat him up too much for that in particular. Um, but yeah, five Humphrey, four Lamar, three Averett, two Devontae Freeman. That's I don't, that's tough, man. To put Devontae Freeman on your list and not put any of the offensive linemen on. And one Sammy Watkins. Kyle Ottenheimer from the grave, five uh, Lamar, four Patrick Queen, three Humphrey. God, getting after Humphrey. Two Greg Roman, one Sammy Watkins. From Noah, uh, five Anthony Averett, four Chuck Clark, three Sammy Watkins, two Lamar Jackson, one Greg Roman. From uh, Zach Goodman from the bat around, checks in. Five, Anthony Averett. Four, Marlon. Oh, no, you're cheating, Zach. Sorry, you're cheating. A couple people tried doing this. You can't just say the entire offensive line. I get it. Trust me. I understand. I understand. But you can't just say that. That's cheating. Um, uh, two, Sammy Watkins. One, Greg Roman. Uh, Antonio's all, I mean, just this, this is the, Antonio, you didn't even try this morning. Antonio tried to say five, Harbaugh, four, He's really not trying. Four Lamar, three Sammy, two the O-line, one Greg Roman. So there's no defensive players and two coaches and the entire offensive line. <laughs> Antonio, I get it. Trust me. We all understand. We all understand why it is that uh, we want to cheat this morning in terms of making our lists, but uh, not something that we're allowed to do. You still have to play within the rules. Continue to get me uh, your slaps of the helmet this morning at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Is he there? Uh, we? we do not have him yet. Not yet? All right. Well, um, I'll tell you what. First, I'll tell you that if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles did a very special show with uh, Gary Stein, John Colson, who was a part of Ravens Radio for a long time, Scott Garceau, and Bruce Cunningham, uh, all remembering the late, great Tom Matty. And it was a really neat show and a lot of special memories that were shared last night. If you missed it right now, go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports, click on the videos tab, or go to pressboxonline.com slash video, and you can see it there. A very special um, uh, show celebrating. Uh, Kyle, if you're li- Kyle, you're listening this morning. Kyle says that he thinks that um, Patrick Queen may have also been in part responsible for the uh, Albert Wilson play too, and that's totally possible. And I'm, I'm not, 
Look, I put him on my list, so uh, I'm I'm good with it. He's on my list, but uh, yeah, I I have to go back and look. I don't think it was entirely on Chuck Clark, but it's definitely the fact that Chuck Clark didn't even recognize it, didn't even notice it, remains problematic. Did you just give me a thumbs up? Does yeah, we, we, we very got good. It. All right, we'll continue to talk about the Ravens throughout the morning. I promise that we will uh, continue to talk plenty of Ravens as the morning goes on. Let's briefly. Uh, do something we do every Friday as we preview the college football weekend. Joining us now, he is our buddy, Senator Justin Reedy. He joins us for Senator's Suggestions each and every Friday. Good morning, sir. Uh, I imagine that you're uh, just as miserable and upset and angry as everybody else is in, uh, in our in our state this morning. Uh, yeah, it was not, I, I definitely not that pleased that I stayed up to near, near midnight for that. Yeah. So um, yeah. not, not great, not a great performance by any means. Sort of a strange strange on offense that we can't seem to decide to throw a slant on third and seven when we know a blitz is coming uh, except once. And then the guy fumbled. So that was fun. Yeah. But they were throwing screens and they were working so well. Why would they get away from that Senator? Why would they ever get away from throwing screens that were not picking up first down? So I don't understand your argument that a slant would be better. It was, and you know, sometimes you get one of these games, especially on Thursday nights where it's just, it gets you, but it's frustrating that, and you can blame the defense late for the busts, but the truth is the defense did well enough to win. It, it you know, it really just futility on offense for, you know, and I see, you know, typical Lamar Jackson bashing when I don't really think, I don't think he closed, he didn't play, you know, really well, but I, he had no help. I mean, no help at all. So. Yeah, but other than that. <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how was the play anyway? That's other right. than all that. All right, man. Well, it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. They'll play another game next weekend. In the meantime, uh, a weekend for you to sit around and watch some football. Let's talk about some of the college football that's happening this weekend and get some Senators' suggestions. Where are you headed to first? What's the first game you're suggesting for us? All right. Well, I'll go three, two, one. So I'll start with my third. This is going to be a great week. This this last couple of weeks, we've had some – They've ended up having some fun. Wild uh, to games, your to your credit, you definitely called the Purdue Michigan State thing. You definitely I, you were I out did. in front of that. I yeah. also, and I don't think I know. I don't know if I did it on the show, but I I had a feeling North Carolina might beat. Oh, Wake you Forest. no, you brought that up. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, of course. Then North Carolina promptly lost last night to Pitt, but Pitt's a probably better team. But anyway, the um the the I got so it's a great list of games. I mean, my top 10 list, I could go through the whole top 10 and, and find something really exciting in all top 10 of these games. Um, but with number three, what I, what I came down to was uh, NC state number 16, NC state at number 12, wake forest at seven 30 PM on ACC network on Saturday. And these are the two probably best and most complete teams in the ACC, which seems strange to have, uh, Wake Forest and NC State is those two, but um, especially Wake historically. But Wake Forest, even though they lost last week, it plays an exciting brand of football. They are the, these two teams. The winner of this game probably has a hammer lock on the ACC Atlantic. Um, Wake still has to play Clemson, uh, which, uh, but but yeah, the, it's that, right. That's not what it would have been in past year. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. nothing for a team like Wake because Clemson still has more talent than Wake does. But yeah, that. But NC State's already beaten Clemson. They've beaten Boston College. So the winner of this game is likely going to be the ACC Atlantic representative, and they'll probably play Pitt. It looks like, um, although there's still plenty of football left in the ACC this year. But I, 
So it should be a it, it's it's really a shame this isn't a national television game because these are two really good teams. NC State's got a really good aggressive defense. Wake Forest plays a funky, fun offense. Um, I expect this to be a high scoring game, um, and I think uh, you know it, if it was at NC State, I'd probably pick NC State. But I think Wake I think Wake may bounce back here, but we'll see. Uh, by the way, it's it's the thing that you bring up, right? Like how many times have you had uh, something like this, like a top twenty five matchup that wasn't on national TV? In, no, in, and it's—I mean—it's on ACC Network through ESPN, and if you have like—I I, I, I guess technically, right, right? Yeah, it's—it's it's technically is. But I tell you what, here's what happened: is Notre Dame is playing on the road, so AB at, uh, at an yeah, ACC they, opponent, they were going to get it. So yeah. ABC knows they'll get a better rating for Notre Dame at Virginia, even though, even though this is probably the vet, this is the better game. Um, All right, but, uh, Notre Dame at Virginia also on my top ten list, but N- number um, number two. Yeah for you this weekend this was going to be number one but baylor got upset last week but it's still a really great matchup number eight oklahoma at number 13 baylor noon on fox and baylor was a one loss team until last week but they are still a really solid they play really good defense mostly although in the back end they're a little suspect which could come up (laughs) this week and uh, offensively they're, they're multiple they they run the football and play throw play action oklahoma since caleb williams took over at quarterback has been much more dynamic offensively, but they still haven't exactly set the world on fire. They need Oklahoma needs to a, a good win here, really a win of any kind, but particularly a convincing win to get out of this. Like they're in the bottom half of the top ten right now because people just are not impressed with how they've played this year. But they start a run of games where they play Baylor, they're going to play Iowa State, they're going to play Oklahoma State, all good teams, and then who they'll play one of those teams in the Big Twelve title game. So it's Oklahoma's time to really start to put the hammer down. Whereas I think if Oklahoma loses once, they're out. They're, they don't have an impressive enough schedule to, to get in the college football playoff unless they're undefeated. So it's a big game. Um, and um, I think Baylor is five and a half point underdogs. I, that's an interesting, an interesting spot. Um, I, I agree with that. And Oklahoma has been so puzzling throughout the course of the season, right? That like, it just fe- seems like there's no reason for us to fully embrace them. But yet, for the most part, they figured it out yeah yeah and Lincoln Riley is a really good coach sure and, you know every coach every offensive even the greatest offensive minds like Greg Roman have bad games so ah, ah, <laughs> ever ever I never heard about that any of those all right even uh, the greatest offensive minds forget that you can run double slants when there's a blitz and usually find somebody open um so no but but I think it'll be a I think this will be a really good game uh and then my number one, we'll go to my obviously number one. Number one uh, let's go ahead and get to it. New Mexico State and Alabama, huge one. That's Just correct. a That's massive, Alabama trying massive to get back on the right track. Yeah, That's right. right. No, no, that is not. That didn't even make my honorable mention list. Yeah. You'd be glad to know. Uh, number one is uh, number nineteen Purdue at number four Ohio State, three thirty on ABC. And I wrote in my column, you know, this really reminds me of growing up in the 1990s and this being like one of those classic ABC. Oh, this is this is a Keith Jackson all over it, right? Like, That's right. Keith Jackson and Bob Greasy yep. and, uh, and uh, Bob Greasy, big time homer for for uh, for Big Ten teams. But this would be a fun, you know, this game, I, I think Ohio State is going to win this game and I think they're going to win by double digits. But the the point spread was 20 Nuts. and a half as of a day ago, which I think is insane. Yep. Purdue will move the ball. There's going to be some anxiety for Ohio State in this game. If this game was at Purdue, I would be picking it to be very close. I think I think Ohio State will will get ahead and stay ahead, but they definitely will be happy when the clock hits zero. You know, I could see it being kind of like a 38-27 kind of final score. 
Um, and, and I think, look, what Purdue is doing, they're not going to get the kind of talent they need to be an 11 win big 10 team, but Jeff Brom should be high on list of coach in coaching searches because the guy does a lot without a ton of talent He's a great offensive mind. I think that Purdue, um, is really having a great bounce back last year. I think they weren't particularly good this year. They're having a bounce back season. I, I could see this game being close into the third, late third quarter. I do think Ohio state will pull away and win by, you know, 10, 11, something like that. I, I, I wholly agree by the way, on all accounts, I wholly agree with all that. You know, this is a good week because you just gave us your top three games of the week and didn't even include Texas A&M Ole Miss, right? Like, is a, That's is a, number four. Yeah. Now I know it, it was tough. And to be honest with you, if Ole Miss had beaten Auburn a couple weeks ago, this game would have been in the top three. Sure. It's, if A&M wins, they, they'll get into the top ten probably, and they'll keep pace with Alabama if Alabama were to stumble once, which, trust me, could very much happen, it looks like they, to me. They, they tried A&M They tried like hell that. to do it last week. They tried like They've got to beat Ole Miss, though. And Ole Miss is, is still a very good team, and it's at Ole Miss. So I think that's a great game, too. Honestly, the – those top four I have really are all phenomenal matchups. And, and then of course there'll always be some random game that nobody expected to be good. That all of a sudden becomes a, a, a you're watching it at 10 o'clock at night. Cause all of a sudden a team is in trouble. So no doubt. Um, so it's going to be a great weekend. All right. At uh Reedy CFB on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, the duck pin is where people can go to follow your uh, college football musings and Ravens musings as well. Senator, always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Let's talk again next Friday, all right? Thanks so much for having me. You guys have a great weekend. Senator Justin Reedy checking in with us for Senator's Suggestions, as he does every Friday morning, previewing the college football weekend. Just trying to remember which uh, who's hosting that game. It's NC State at Wake Forest is number three on his list. NC State at Wake Forest. <sighs> all right. Friday edition of the program. Also brought to you today by the Print Issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Brenda Fries is on the cover. She is in her 20th season as the head coach at the University of Maryland. She looks forward and backwards in the great cover story from Mike Ashley. Go pick it up right now for free, the new print issue of Press Box. When we come back in, we uh, I got to get the young Utes. We got some more. I want to get some more of your thoughts about the Ravens. Still lots to do. We're going to try to wrap up. We're not going to go too late today because I am. It's not a bit. I am getting away this weekend with my wife. This was a an delayed anniversary uh, gift. We're going to Williamsburg for the weekend to, I, I, don't, I don't even know what we're doing. I'm being honest with you. We're just going down for the weekend and uh, hanging out at a and b Maybe we're just going to hang out all weekend. I could use that. I could use that type of weekend. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. 
all good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we are winding down on a Friday edition of the program after a debacle last night. A couple more uh, thoughts. Oh, first of all, uh, congratulations to Cedric Mullins. Haven't had a chance to say that. The Silver Slugger winner for the first time in his career. Um, you know, that's cool. That's, I don't know what there is to say. That's very cool. Very, uh, very neat for Cedric Mullins to win a Silver Slugger award. Uh, obviously, the story continues to be remarkable in uh, what was otherwise a miserable season. A truly transcendent, incredible story that Cedric Mullins was in a Silver Slugger Award winner, as that was announced last night. The major awards will be announced uh, next week, and of course, because Ryan Mountcastle, not a finalist rookie of the year, they they will not involve the <laughs> Baltimore Orioles in any way. But um, neat moment for uh, uh, Cedric Mullins last night, picking up his first career Silver Slugger Award. Um, uh, Cooper's trying to argue that Anthony Averett had a good game, made multiple plays in coverage. It was the 52-yard catch by Isaiah Ford, but that might have been more on Chuck Clark for not being back in coverage. I, I think that, Cooper, what you're, le- what you're missing, and I think some people, when we do this, because you have to put two defensive players on the list, sometimes you're getting nitpicky. It, what we're really saying as a whole, we didn't think the defense was that bad last night. I don't think it was great. I think it was a the greatest performance ever. But as a whole, we didn't think it was a bad performance from the defense. So you got to find nitpicky things, things that could have gone one way or the other. When you have the opportunity to make a play and you don't make it, that could be enough that you end up on this list on a night where the defense as a whole plays well. And I think that's what you're sort of missing when we do this. Um, D says, uh, my list is Powers, Clark, Averett, Phillips. Hmm. Interesting. And Roman. All right. I, I like. I'm not trying to tell you that I thought Tyree Phillips played well. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to try to argue for that. But it's interesting. It's an interesting list. And from Ed. Ed says, 
Glenn, I'm certain, certainly willing to consider the idea that this is what happens when you go to Miami on a Thursday night and you probably overlook your opponent and you're a, a beat-up, injured team that spends all week reading about how good you are. I think it's possible that something like this occurs. I am, however, more concerned that not all of these issues can be fixed in the context of winning a Super Bowl, which is what you always talk about. Okay. And I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think there's anything unreasonable about that take. Am I concerned about that? Absolutely. Again, in that context, in the context of winning a Super Bowl, which is the context why I wanted them to try to make a a move or two at the trade deadline, in the context of trying to win a Super Bowl, I think this team can still win games. And Lamar Jackson is that good that if he stays healthy, I think that they will not fall off the, of the, a cliff the rest of the season. But that seeing these things, the continuous slow starts offensively, all of that, that ultimately saying, I just don't know that that's the team that can win a Super Bowl. Man, I don't know if I disagree with you. We're a long way away. We're still only about the halfway point of the season. We are a long way away from whatever this team, whatever stride they might be capable of hitting. Clearly the 2012 Ravens at this point did not look like a team that was going to win a Super Bowl. So teams can hit stride. The Buccaneers, frankly, at this point, didn't really look like a team that was going to win a Super Bowl. Um, so let's be fair about that. Let's let's consider all these things in context, and, and let's go from there. But I hear you. I don't think that's an – there are far less reasonable takes that I've heard this morning in response to the Ravens' loss. For, for me, uh, I thought the season was over in August when everybody got hurt and, and they lost their top three running backs or two of their yeah, best I mean, defenders. I thought the season was over. The fact that they're 6-3, and three, aside last night being put aside, I'm, I, I'm pleased with how the season's going. I don't think that this is a Super Bowl team this year. And you said that we're looking far ahead. Even further ahead – I'm really excited for the prospects of next season because if those guys get back and they're healthy and you look yeah. at what this team is doing without them, you add them into the mix, and this is a really good football team. And there's the question. Year. I mean, there is, of course, questions of, like, would they be able to keep Deshaun Elliott? Like, there are still some right. some questions that loom for the Ravens, too. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't blame you for having that take, I'm, but I'm also not abandoning it. I, to, to the point where I keep saying this, nobody wants – Reed and I were talking about this last night. When you bring up how flawed other teams are, there's this initial response of, I don't care about that. This, mm-hmm. we, we care about this team. And I get that, right? Like, I get that. But it's also true in this context of can they win a Super Bowl. I still don't sit here and say, I know with certainty there's some team in the AFC that they can't beat. Will they? Will they go win three games? You know, two, three games in the postseason, probably three because only one team gets a bye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, will they win three games against other good AFC teams in consecutive weeks in order to give themselves a chance? I I can see why you think the chances of that might be slim, but I can't say that they won't. Right. I can't say that at all. I can't rule that out within the context of this year. Their inability to run the ball is still the most I, – I, all the other things you want to bring up. The issues they've had defensively, the tackling stuff, it's, it's, it's problematic. The play calling, all of it. So many things would be solved that this team could somehow run the football. And you'd say, well, they would never be able to run the football without the offensive line being better. And I, I hear you. I would have liked to address that too. It would have been my priority to say, do something to try to solve any way to run the football. Their inability to run the football, ultimately to me, 
feels like the thing that's most likely to prove to be a fatal flaw for this yeah. football team. I agree. That when this is all said and done, the story of why the Baltimore Ravens don't win the Super Bowl this year is most likely to be because they couldn't run the football with their running backs. I mean, obviously their quarterback, for the most part, has been able to run the ball. Um, but they haven't been able to run the ball with their running backs. But nothing is guaranteed today. There is no guarantee that they just – Lamar can't just go on a stretch where he plays so far out of his mind for, for two months that, you know – he wins the Super Bowl that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I can't guarantee oh, that. It, it, We're along. It's a very real possibility. Like you said, no team in the AFC is running away with this thing. They're all flawed. Well, and, and hell, it's it, very real. We think the NFC teams are more top heavy, but like it, we saw, Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to get vaccinated anytime soon. Yeah. And if Aaron Rodgers gets January and gets COVID again, they're effed. They're effed. They cannot win without Aaron Rodgers. Right. If we all thought the Rams were the most complete team in the NFL. And I get it. They've added Von Miller, and they're adding Odell Beckham, and we just think they're stockpiling. They got their asses handed them by a Titans defense that until last week we thought was terrible. We thought was awful. And they got their asses handed to them by a Titans defense last week. I, I, I can't tell you the Ravens can't today. I know how much we want to overreact to it, but I can't tell you that today. I get it. I think they're flawed. I think they have real problems, but I think a lot of other teams are too. Yeah. And somebody's going to win a Super Bowl. I don't feel great about the Ravens' chances, but somebody's going to do it anyway. All right, let's get to Young Utes. Uh, Lil, oh, I guess. Ooh, not my best effort. Young Utes is brought to you today by Glory Days Grill. $5.99 chili nachos on Thursdays, $6.99 burgers on Mondays. I love Glory Days. I regularly pick up food, take it home. My kids get very excited about Glory Days wings. My wife and I get extremely excited about Glory Days cauliflower wings. we, We love the buffalo cauliflower wings until I was on the phone putting my order in once, and I said, Hey, recommend something to me. And the young lady said, have you ever tried the barbecue cauliflower wings? And I said, I have not. And I I swear to this, my wife loved them so much, she attempted to replicate them the next night. And they were good, but she kept saying, we need to get barbecue cauliflower wings again from Glory Days Grill. I said, you don't have to tell me twice. Next time we're home, we're doing that. GloryDaysGrill.com. Get your order in for tonight, and your night will be more pleasant. All right, little Jordan, what you got for us? Manish Sethi. Ah, sure. He he is an Indian-American founder and CEO of a wearable device called Pavlock. And so he apparently once hired a woman off Craigslist to slap him every time he opened Facebook. And and Elon Musk noticed this, I believe, this past week and retweeted it. And commended Mr. Sethi's uh, uh, devotion to being uh, productive. As Sethi noticed, he had a 98% productivity rate well, increase. I'm all in on a couple of these. First of all, I'm all in on using getting slapped as the reason why you don't, don't do something. That's the reason why we give it, uh, slaps to the, head, the helmet, mm-hmm. of course, is because it should solve all the problems. Um, here, let's do this and see if it doesn't help. Bring uh, bring the level up just a bit. And, uh, bring that up, and, and we'll see if that can't correct things just slightly. Um, so I, I start with that, too. I've said a million times, I would like so badly to get away from social media. The only thing I would say, though, is my frustrating part about it. Everybody wants to get away from Facebook. 
and just say, I'll use Twitter, I'll use Instagram. I totally understand that. Facebook is the one place that offers you something of value. And I've, it, it almost speaks to us that we don't recognize that. Facebook offers knowing when your friends' birthdays are, which otherwise, we have to admit as a people, we would not know. We don't, I know I have, I have had three lifelong best friends in my life. And I know all of their birthdays. And I know my wife's birthday. And I know my kids' birthdays. And I mostly remember, like, my parents' and my sister's birthdays. But that's... I more, like, remember kind of when they are. Like, yesterday was my father's birthday. I mentioned that. I do remember that because it's Veterans Day. Um, I know my mother's birthday is in late May. And my sister's birthday, I only remember because it's also my cousin's birthday. Right? Like, that's the list. That's it. That's the entirety of the list. People that I am close with, I don't know their birthdays. I don't know them. Unless you're throwing a party inviting me to it, like, I don't know when your birthday is. I might remember the time of year that it was from something that you had done on your birthday in the past. Like, I think people might remember my, my, uh, I, people might associate my birthday as the day that Cal Ripken broke the record. It's September 6th, right? And I talked that, about that a great deal. Um, outside of that, I don't know when anybody's birthday is. And Facebook allows me to know when people's birthdays are. You say, oh, but it's so lame that all you do is wish somebody... If they're close to you, I try to send them a text. I try to do anything. It's, a, it's the, such a nice, simple thing to do to try to say happy birthday, and otherwise you wouldn't do it if Facebook didn't exist. Your, your good friend Eric R.D., one of his favorite things is to delete yeah, friends off of Facebook a, on his birthday. I, on their this birthdays. Is, I, I know he does that as a bit. It's actually something I've never talked about. It. It's something I do, too. Like I will every day check whose birthdays it is, and if it's something that I realize I don't know you, like you don't interact with the show, you don't know, I've done that for years, for years I have done that on birthdays because I've been stuck around 5,000 friends and, you know, I've, I've tried to trim the list a little bit. It's, it's, I, I've never actually talked about it. I know Eric talks about it a lot on Twitter. I've never talked about it, but it's, it's actually something that I have done for maybe eight years where I pulled up the list of birthdays. And if I recognize it, I just did not know this person. I have no idea why it was that I was friends with them. Then that's Ex- the day. Exhibit A, why you guys are friends. Correct. Yeah, it might be the reason why Eric and I get along so well. That's a good point. Eric's going to get some bad news here shortly. He's not going to be happy about it. He's got to do something particularly gross because he lost our baseball bet. I haven't told him that yet. I, he was supposed to call in. Do me a favor. Just call him real quick and see if he answers because he said he was going to be available this morning. He said he was going to be available. I like this, though. I like the idea of getting rid of social media. I would love to do it. I think we would be in a, a far better, more functional society if we could, but I understand that social media is reality now. That's... That's, that's, there's nothing we can do about that. Number two. A hiker lost on a mountain ignored phone calls from the search team because it was an unknown number. So they I, found... I actually shared this story a couple weeks ago. I think this was actually... Ah. I think not in... It wasn't a finish this. I put it in power rankings. Ah. I put it in power well, rankings. Well, then I... I no, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a couple weeks old. Yeah. Um, yes, that's the story. Hiker was lost. People were trying to call the hiker to see, hey, where are you? Can we help you? And the reason they said they, they, this person said they didn't answer their phone is because they didn't recognize the number. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly they were not as concerned as their friends were. Whoever this yeah. person was, give me read a little bit of the story. Yeah. So, uh, do do Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Don't worry about that. According to the Post, uh, whereabouts of the man were unknown for 24 hours. He went on a hike to Colorado's highest mountain, Mount Elbert, and the hiker was reported missing around 8 p.m. on October 18th after failing to return to where he was staying. Uh, he was 
contacted after, and after multiple attempts, they, it, they were unsuccessful, obviously. And officials then sent out teams. And following the morning after failing to locate the missing hiker, they also sent out teams in a new area where hikers typically lose the trail, where it's found it. I mean, look, I, thankfully everybody's okay. Thankfully there wasn't a bigger problem here. Yeah. But imagine being in the woods and not knowing where you are and not answering your phone. Like imagine that being something that you would do. That's a bit much. Yeah. Go ahead. Number three. The Frenchman who broke the world record for standing on a hot air balloon. Wait, what? Yes. A, uh, a French daredevil. Uh, he, but what does that mean, standing on a hot air balloon? Like, here, here's the uh, little, little screenshot. That's him. Standing. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Let me start with that. There's a little, like, divot on the top of a hot air balloon. That I, I thought it was round. Like, that's the problem. I thought it was round. I had no idea this was something you could do. Okay, tell me more. Yeah. So I, I saw the video. I'm going to get some more details on him. But, yeah, he's a uh, French daredevil named Remy Ouvrard. And he rode atop a giant balloon at a peak altitude of 13,175 feet over Châtellerault, western France. The uh, previous – or his previous record – was uh, 1,217 meters. I, I don't know the conversion rate. I don't know but, either. But, yeah. So he, he broke the world record for standing on a hot air balloon, and I think it was for charity. I think he, like, fundraised money for no, charity through it. But it's, it's yeah. one, I mean, it's terrifying. Oh, I'm yeah. going to pass. I, yeah. I know I just went skydiving recently, but I'm going to pass on standing on a hot air balloon. I'm going to choose not to do that. But um, I, I, good for him. Do we know what the charity was? Uh, let me find it. There's a France article on it. All right, but that's too yeah. you know, If you don't know, you don't know. All right, very good. Uh, share those out at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, please. Yes. Very good. That's uh, Young Utes with Lil Jordan. We do it every Friday. All right, if you missed the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show yesterday, you can go right now to facebook.com slash pressboxsports, click on the videos tab, or go to pressboxonline.com slash video, and you can find it there. It's all brought to you each and every Thursday morning, 1130 a.m. with KZ by CCBC Glory Days Grill and the Maryland Department of Transportation, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, every Thursday morning at 1130. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit tubular to wrap it up for the week. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mothers in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. 
Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we are winding down for the week. Today's show also brought to you by uh, your Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants. Please support them and what they're doing next Saturday, trying to stuff the truck. Your Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants invite you to support Toys for Tots. Saturday, November 20th, donate a new toy at any of their 13 stuff-the-truck locations and receive a free sandwich offer card as a thank you. For more information, visit pressboxonline.com slash toy drive. Tidbit is brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right. So my tidbit was the tidbit for yesterday. It had to do with the Ravens blowing out the Dolphins uh, two <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of expecting more of the same last yeah, night. Yeah, it didn't I, happen. Yeah, it clearly didn't happen. So I had to tweak it a little bit uh, from ESPN Stats and Info. The Ravens had scored at least 14 points in all 45 regular season starts in Lamar Jackson's career entering Thursday. That was the longest streak by any starting quarterback to begin his NFL career. Say that number one more time. I want to... I wanna... They had, the Ravens had scored at least 14 points yeah. in all 45 regular season starts in Lamar Jackson's career entering Thursday. That was the longest streak by any starting quarterback to begin his NFL career since 1950. In 2019, um, when Lamar Jackson was blowing out his opponents and leading the league in touchdown passes, the Ravens made it a habit of blowing out their opponents, averaging a 15.56 point margin of victory in their wins. Since 1985, only five teams have had a larger average margin of victory. Who are the teams? Since 1985. Five teams with a larger larger than a 15.56 average margin of victory. In... in I don't know. But I'll say the Packers. No. 
Think about the best offenses I know. you've ever so seen. So the Rams was the next one that I was going to go to. The 99 right. Rams. Uh, That's what, are you asking me to guess the year that it was? Because some of them all run. Like the, the Rams, you remember that year, but some of them run together. Like there's I mean, there's I, one like I think it's reasonable to guess that there's a Colts team that's on the list because Peyton no. Manning was the quarterback. That's that's surprising. Um, so it was nine. Like, like, yeah, Jordan's trying to get in on this too. Yeah, you got to turn his mic on. You got to. Yep. You got to find that. Yeah. Patriots. Uh, what year? <laughs> a lot of years you I mean, can that, go with. And that the, the undefeated year. Two thousand seven, okay. New England okay. Patriots, nineteen point six nine. They are number one on the list. All right. All right. Um. So the oh, and the, it's the '99 Rams. They're number two on the right. list, seventeen point seven. Right. The, there's only one of these teams I think you wouldn't get. Only one. And okay. think about 1985. That's the first year. So is it because it's the Bears because it was they were just that good defensively? Yeah, they're so that's only a little bit surprising because they weren't an o- offensive juggernaut whatsoever right. in that year. But they're fifth on the list. Yeah. 1985 Bears, sixteen point one three. So you've got three. You've got two teams left. Um. Uh, the Vikings the year they fell short of the Super Bowl, the um, the 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 God the Jeff George year. No, Jeff George wasn't the quarterback of that team. Of, of the t- it's the Vikings. They're on this list. Which but year? Nineteen ninety-eight. You sure that, that wasn't was the Rand- Jeff George year? That was Randall Cunningham. Was it Randall Cunningham that year? Randall Cunningham. Might have been Randall Cunningham Randy Moss's year. rookie year. Yeah, that might they be right. They scored a, yeah, the, an NFL right. record um, at the time. 16.25. They are fourth yeah. on the list. That, Number that, three, I wouldn't expect you to get. That doesn't surprise me. The Chiefs a couple years ago. No. The Saints, their Super Bowl year. I really would be shocked if you got this. You got to bring yourself your your game back up. The shocked if I got this. You'd be shocked if I got this. Yeah. Because it was somehow the it was the Titans when they made the I I, I don't I I don't I don't I don't know uh, the the Cardinals when they went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. You want me just to tell you? You're sure, never gonna get this. Sure. The, the 1991 Washington Redskins. Well, they were really good, man. Yeah. They were loaded. That was a loaded team, of course, that won the Super Bowl that year with Mark Rippon as their quarterback. That was a loaded 91. Do you think you would have gotten that though? I mean, if I just started thinking about Super Bowl winners, at some point I would have gotten it. But no, I was 91. It it offense became so modernized that like you you just start thinking about more modern offenses at that point but 91 Washington was that I mean that was a loaded team man they were really good they were the number 3 team 16.31 points right. very good uh last night Cutis Wahab became the first Maryland player to score 15 or more points in each of his first two games of the Terps since who repeat that Cutis Wahab became the first player to score 15 or more points in each of his first two games as a Terp since who Keep keep Jordan's microphone on. We got it. We just got to find the level. Is it recent or like a long time? It ago? was in the 1990s. 1990s. Steve Francis. Steve Francis is the correct. Steve Francis is the answer in 1998. Very well done. All right. Uh, tidbit was also brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show. We will be at Mother's in Timonium on Tuesday night with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. It's brought to you by Pressbox Grade Eights Memorabilia as well as uh, Window Depot, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. Can't wait for Tuesday night at 
a great night at at uh, Mothers and Timonium with Tyus Bowser for the Tyus Bowser show. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know it would have been more fun if the Ravens had won last night, but we're going to have fun. I promise you that with the Tyus Bowser show t- uh, next Tuesday night. All right, here's what's coming up this weekend, at least some highlights totally tubular-wise. Uh, as far as tonight is concerned, uh, the Veterans Classic on CBS Sports Network Navy, after beating Virginia earlier in the week, tries to make it a sweep as they take on Virginia Tech at 8.30. It's on CBS Sports Network. Before that, Utah State and Richmond at 6. That game's in Annapolis as part of the Veterans Classic and relevant because Utah State now uh, coached by Ryan Odom, the former UMBC head coach who, of course, led them to that stunning upset over Virginia. So he and Ed DeCellis have something in common now. They both beat Virginia. Uh, Coppin State's at Ryder tonight at 7 on ESPN3. Loyola plays South Carolina State at 4 on Flow Hoops. The Maryland women tonight taking on Villanova at 7 on Big Ten Network+. Plus, Pretty big one in World Cup qualifying tonight. The U.S. and Mexico, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. Pretty big matchup. Tomorrow, uh, Maryland football, Michigan State, 4 o'clock on Fox. Uh, Towson hosts Elon at 2 on Flow Sports. Uh, the basketball lineup for tomorrow, Morgan State's at Albany at 1 on Flow Sports, Loyola College at Charleston at 5, and Monmouth Towson at 7, also on Flow Sports. Uh, Big Ten Network Plus for Maryland basketball, quick turnaround again. They play tomorrow at 2 against Vermont. Could be a tricky one, by the way. They played, that's their third game in five days. They didn't look all that good last night. Vermont's a pretty high-caliber opponent for a mid-major. Like, that could be a tricky little game for Maryland tomorrow. Uh, also tomorrow on Fox Sports 2, Coppin State's at UConn at noon. ESPN Plus tomorrow, Mount St. Mary's and St. Joe's at 1. And the Patriot League Soccer Championship, Loyola hosting American at noon for the right to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, on Sunday, the local games that we'll get NFL-wise, CBS Browns Patriots at 1, Seahawks Packers at 425, Fox Buccaneers Washington at 1, the Sunday night game Chiefs Raiders at 820. Maryland women uh, travel to James Madison at 2 on Sunday on Flow Sports. Loyola's at Lipscomb at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. It's a strange time for a game on Flow Sports as well. ESPN Plus from Morgan State and George Mason at 6 on Sunday. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. Find it there. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out this weekend? Um, tonight, the, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon uh, featuring... Taranji P. Henson, Steve Zahn, Damon Make Albany. Sure, you're getting away from the microphone as you do that, pal. Yeah. Um, on CBS, SWAT at 8, Magnum P.I. at 9, Blue Bloods at 10. The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring Jeff Goldblum and Rod Stewart at 11.35. Netflix, uh, Legacies Season 3 tonight. Uh, Red Notice, a new movie starring Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds uh, is premiering on HBO. Back on the record with Bob Costas in the season finale. Uh, Saturday, NBC, uh, Dateline Weekend Mystery at 9 o'clock. SNL with host Jonathan Majors. I got to be honest with you, I don't know who Jonathan Majors is. I don't know who that is. Uh, apparently, he's from Lovecraft Country. Wait, Travis. Oh, that's a weird bit. That's really weird. That's uh, I, I, Not not stop the show worthy weird, but weird. Definitely weird, pal. Um, musical guest Taylor Swift. That's 1130. Um, Netflix, new episodes of Arcane. HBO, Final Space season premiere. Uh, United Shades of America season premiere. And then on Sunday... Um, you have The Simpsons on Fox at 8, The Great North at 8.30, Bob's Burgers at 9, and Family Guy at 9.30, CBS Adele One Night Only at 8.30, HBO Max Kamikaze Series premiere last week tonight with John Oliver's season finale. Um, 
Is Succession still going on? Uh, I don't know, actually. I think Succession... I don't know. I haven't, I haven't not been able to watch, so I don't, I don't know the answer to uh, that. Usually Succession would be on a 10 and then uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm at 10.30. Yeah. Um, Paramount Plus, Mayor of Kingstown. Uh, it's an original series premiere for Paramount Plus. Okay, very good. Uh, Jonathan Majors apparently is going to play Kang in the next Ant-Man picture. I did not know that, but I just... I. I saw like him announced as the host of Saturday Live, and I li- literally was like, "Who?" I and in the same way that I was when they announced Regé Jean Paul last year, because I didn't watch uh, was that Bridgerton's not a show that I watch. Yeah. And then when I searched it, everybody was like, "No, you're an idiot for not knowing who this person is." And then you just have to recognize that like you're getting old and you don't know who everyone is. Uh, but I did not. They announced this week, um, and they announced next week at the same time. And next week's host is the actor who played Shang Chi, and I did not know that actor's name either. So I saw the two like hosts announced, and I'm like. Who are these people? I don't know. That guy clearly, you know, a bigger deal because he was Shang-Chi. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's a pretty big motion picture. Um, this guy may be a big deal, just not in my world because I don't watch Lovecraft Country, and that's apparently what he's best known for. And so, you know, that's on me, not uh, not a show that I'm familiar with. On yet. me as well. I don't know it either. All right, very good. Thanks today to – oh, Jordan, where, where are you on social media, little Jordan? I updated my Twitter name. Hey! What is, is it? It is now Schwartzberg JS. That took you a while, but yeah. it, it's, it's I found better something. late than never. I like yeah. that. Well done, uh, pal. And then Instagram, jschwartzberg1. Okay. Go give him a follow in those spots. All right. Uh, you can follow. Uh, oh, sorry. Thanks today to uh, Barstool Banks. Thanks to Keith Mills. Thanks also to the senator, Justin Reedy. We'll get all that up in the greatest hit section of the art. Oh, Archives. you do that. Right. Yeah. yeah, you do that part. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, the bat around tomorrow morning. What's coming up? Uh, Stand the fan at ten twenty. We're gonna have John Mioli from the Baltimore Sun at eleven, and we're gonna have Evan Drellitz. He writes. Uh, he's the business business of baseball writer for the Athletic. He's gonna be on talking about the the CBA negotiations yeah, at eleven. Unfortunately, that's that's probably it's what's gonna dominate uh, conversation for the next few months in the baseball world. I guess there's the thought that a couple guys might sign before. I yeah. saw that, like that maybe Seager and and um, uh, Correa, yeah, might sign before the work stoppage, but. I'd imagine it's gonna be more second tier, mid tier guys, and that those the, the the big names would probably sign later. Yeah, but well, that's well, I don't know. That's the word. A couple of the reporters, I think, Passon in particular, said mm-hmm. that, that the market is heating to a point where the thought is those the big guys might sign before. Tigers the are first. all in on all the five big name shortstops. Yankees are in on them. It's somebody could sign. There, yep. There's no doubt about it. Yep. All right, uh, that's tomorrow morning, ten to noon. The bat around with uh, Paul and Zach. Same locations. Make sure you are checking that out. Uh, Monday morning, Jeremy will join us. I believe Dan Shaughnessy, he's got a new book out about uh, the Larry Bird uh, uh, Celtics teams, and so I think he's going to join us on Monday as well. Stuffing things, of course, uh, on Monday morning. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Chick-fil-A, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Maryland. Go all the local college basketball teams. Uh, do we say go Patriots against the? How do we handle that? Like, uh, I can definitely say go Lions. Like, I'm all in go, on go Lions. Go rain out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you <laughs> handle the Patriots Browns matchup. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>